Welcome everyone to podcast episode number 65 of Calling and Empowering. I'm your co-host Matt Turner. With me as always, my tag partner, my good buddy from the team Blue and Gold, the one and only, the bubbly, Andy Adams. <laughs> the bubbly, the most over thing in wrestling right now. How's it going? I'm terrific. How crazy, I know we talked about this via text as we always do, yeah, I think it was yesterday. It's insane about like how like the dumbest stuff he gets over, like the bubbly and, and this is the only one that like a uh, t-shirt's being capitalized on. Why and not? He used to get yeah, he used to get it over. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Like you're gonna get it, and and the, like all them things, and then you know the, the pen click, the you know the that he would do, and the um uh, what was the other one? Uh, quiet. Yeah, quiet. quiet. A- again, ask him, ref. I mean, and this was just a throwaway line. Like they just gave him the mic after he won the title and said, Jericho. Just go off on the uh, run the roster and go back, and he just like ooh a little bit of the bubbly, and it just caught on like wildfire. I mean now it's a meme. Did you see all the different videos for like they they edited? He did the Brock Lesnar uh, theme song. Yeah. Bubbly, Drowning pool. <laughs> it's like let the bubbly hit the floor. Well, then, I guess Pro Wrestling Tees put out a tweet on Wednesday saying I guess by Thursday night they had something like over a seven or eight hundred. Uh, people asking if they're going to come out with a t-shirt for it. And I guess, like, we just got to pump one out. And they're like, here you go. And they pump one out with him, you know, like 12 hours. And I think they have two of the Bubbly Club. Yeah. And him holding the thing saying, you want a little bit of the Bubbly. So he's going to probably make the 100 grand. Yeah, Just on this. t-shirts alone. Off, off a throwaway line that he just said off the top of his head. <laughs> just shows yeah. you how good Jericho is. And now he's, like, he's really putting into it. Because he did them, too. We'll get into him losing the belt. But the two promos he did, he's drinking champagne now. And, he, of course, he drops the line because now it's over. Why not? And then, yeah. like, the one video, it's, like, it, the, it, the camera's uh, coming down to him, and it shows, like, all the champagne and, like, coolers and stuff. I'm like, that's smart right there. Like, what what a great guy Jericho is to just, like, he's so smart to the business. Oh, I got this one thing over, I'm going to ride with it, you know? It's crazy. You know it's, like, it's, like, not only, obviously, he doesn't need the money because the money he's made in wrestling, the money he makes with Fox, and obviously, he's not going to do this stuff for free. I know, uh, I know pro wrestling keys, they pay out something like 20%. He's mm-hmm. probably getting a bigger cut. So say, say he's getting 50%, which I don't think he's getting 50%. So say they make a million dollars off these. Uh, let's just say, let's say, let's just say they make $200,000 off yeah, this t-shirt. Yeah. That means Pro Wrestling Tees is going to get 100000 based on the math that I just spit out. That means Pro Wrestling Tees is going to get an extra $100,000 that they, that they, they weren't, you know, they, 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 yeah, they had zero plans, and then Jericho gets out. You know, I, I say this whole bubbly thing, they'll probably make a couple more shirts. They'll probably make a, a million dollars off it. That's all said and done. Like in a well, year. Remember, he, he used to even, remember back in the WCW days, he used to do the, come on, baby. Yeah. You know, we used to put his foot on it. So it's, just, it's amazing all the stuff that he he can get over. Yeah. And this is like, it just, it just created this caught like wildfire in two days. And then the whole like him losing the belt thing where he said he left it in the limo, but then like. It wound up on the side of the road or something, and the belt maybe he got grabbed the wrong bag or something. What, what do you what do you yeah, think about the whole belt thing? I mean, it, it's it's kind of really helping them out. It really leave it leave it to Jericho to take something negative and turn it into a positive. Because first, like I heard about, he lost the belt. I'm like, oh my god, he lost the belt. Yeah, like, one day he was drunk in. or something. And then, like two hours later, he's cutting promos out. He's in the jacuzzi, and I was like, okay, one or two things. Either this is a work, and it's it's so funny. Or he literally took a huge negative where they're like, come on, Chris, literally, we're a less than a month away of going live on TNT, <laughs> you're our first world belt. champion, and you and you lost the belt. And he goes, cuts a, cuts a promo where he's in a jacuzzi, wearing a scarf. Yeah. Drinking the bubbly. <laughs> and he did a cool thing, too. He takes the glass, he fills up the glass, puts the glass down, and swings out of the bottle. I was like, how great is that? <laughs> I didn't even notice that. But Lance, like, on his podcast, he was saying Lance Storm, 
when he won the belt, Lance Storm was like, you know, it's funny that you were, you know, last time wrestling was on TNT was WCW, and you were the first undisputed champion, and now wrestling, which, which, which WCW was on, you know, TNT. So you were the first undisputed champion, and then now wrestling's going back on TV, TNT, and you're the f- first champion of that federation. I said, oh, that's a cool little trivia thing. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, and and then I I seen the the guy uh, posted that said he found the title on the side of the road. So how it got from the limo to the side of the road, I guess we'll never we'll never know. And then the Longhorn Steakhouse got a lot of advertisement in this whole thing because that's where Jericho went. And then a cool thing I was in the airport because people were saying like the one guy was saying like people were texting me like did you see this AEW belt thing? He's like my brother would have no idea what AEW is. So I mean, I guess like a negative has really turned into a great advertisement for him. And then the police come. Uh, department posted a picture of the cop holding the belt up and everything so i mean kind of sucks they lost it but hey he got it right back and i'm sure jericho said oh i lost the belt if i can't find it i'll, I'll buy a new one you know i'm sure he would have said that what even speaking of jericho using his own money the live version of dominion had judas like if you watched it live any replay yeah if you didn't. watched right after it or on the access tv show they had like random music and he didn't know and they said because it, they said that <laughs> It would have cost him five thousand dollars to play it on the replays. He said, "If I would have known that, I would just tell, I would have I would have paid for it. I would have yeah. cut him a check right then and there." Yeah, which is awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, so good on Jericho. Yeah. That's just that's just great. That, but I guess they get they. I was reading into it last night. I guess the guy that brought the belt in, they thought it was like he was in on it or for something. I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. And they I guess he had all these questions. How did you find the belt? This isn't making sense. So they made him submit his phone. To go like on the Google Maps and texting or anything, like they couldn't find anything around, so they gave them a two hundred dollar reward. And I think Longhorn gave like a two hundred dollar gift card. Oh, wow. hey, that's worth it. Yeah. yeah, I'll take two hundred dollar gift card. I know they they showed a text. He like sent a picture to somebody of the belt, and he's like, it looks like ten pounds. I think it's real leather. So it wasn't wrestling fan, but can you imagine like a wrestling fan found that? But like. If they were dumb, like, let's say they wanted to keep it, they'd probably post a picture and it would get back to them. Because, like, if you found that and you wanted to keep it, you couldn't show anybody because someone would tell, you know? I mean, $30,000 yeah, title, <laughs> unless you kept it in your house hidden, but then what's the point? But I think most yeah. wrestling fans probably would be, like, texted or uh, got on Twitter and messaged uh, Cody or the books, like, hey, I found the belt, where can I take it, you know? Yeah, that's probably, uh, that's exactly, yeah, exactly, but I'm sure the cons are multi-billionaires, I'm sure they know people, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like if some idiot posted a picture, they would be within two hours. It'd be someone at his house <laughs> getting that belt. Some goon. I remember Simpsons goons. Hired goons. Yeah. So we will obviously the AEW show, the the three big shows, the AEW show, the NXT show, and the New Japan World Cup show. We'll get into that at the end. That'll be the main event of our podcast. And you had I kind of want. Well, I won't say start off because we start off with the bubbly. But I want to get into New York Comic Con. It's coming up in less than a month. Mm-hmm. Just when you think it was safe to take. 75% of the money I was saving up and send it in and put it in my savings so we can buy new gear and 58 new shirts and possibly put a down payment on a new car for you. <laughs> Within about 10 days, they announced Paul Rudd and, and, and Tom Hiddleston, low-key, not world, former Ring of Honor, world-key, yeah, champion, low-key. Low key. Both are coming to New York Comic Con and it's a, a little expensive. Yeah. I mean, geez, uh... I mean, well, what each one is about 150 at least. I mean, now, now, is that? No, 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 no. Paul Rudd is, is 200 uh, for an autograph, 250 for a picture, oh. and Tom Hiddleston is 250 for either one. Oh, okay, so if you want both from Paul Rudd, you have to pay 450. Yes. Oh, wow, my God, I think 200 for both is even too much. Like, usually I don't pay too much to meet people, but man, that's like, 
sometimes I gotta think, like, Paul Rudd, he doesn't need the money, and I'm sure he gets a cut of it, but, uh, I mean, like, if I was famous, I'd be like, hey, make it 50 bucks, and then, like, take the, your cut and then donate the rest, you know, to, like, whatever, SPCA or something. But, like, uh, I think, like, I a lot of the people saving up all year, like, a lot of the, they live in their mom's basement, you know, not to make fun of a lot of nerds, but, you know, they don't have too much money, and it kind of feels like, yeah, maybe you're kind of raking them over the coals here, taking a little too much money from these people that don't have that much to throw away, you know? Yeah, I start saving up, as you know, and as I said in this podcast, right after uh, Christmas season, I put a little money, you know, it gives me about 10 months. So I do have quite a bit, and I usually count it just to see. I usually take, you know, money, I put literally in the piggy bank that's in my bedroom, in case anybody wants to break in my house and steal anything. Uh, and then I was counting it, you know, and I'm way over from what I usually pick. And plus, there's really... No, but like, okay, Billy D. Williams is 100, I'll get a Star Wars poster sign, and the guy who played Malkith in Thor The Dark World, he's 60 bucks, all right, I'll get him, and Benedict Wong, who is Wong, and Doctor Strange, like, all right, you know, because my big thing is, as you know, is in my man cave, I have posters of comic book and Star Wars movies, and I get the thing signed, I frame them, and I put them on my wall, that's that's the thing, that's like the thing that, that, that I'm into. Yeah. So I was like, other than that, I've had, you know, this is like my seventh year, I probably have 30 commissions, and I probably have 20 of that, I don't even have hung up, what's the point? Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm just going to take this money, and I'm going to invest in a whole bunch of new gear, uh, which we will be getting new gear soon. So Andy had did a phenomenal job yeah, this idea, uh, drawing it off. <laughs> yeah, I showed, showed it to Lily and my sister, you know, she saw it, she thinks it looks awesome, as always, you do a terrific job. Uh, anybody that compliments me on my gear, it's all Andy had her drawing it, yeah. so I am. I know it's over when a lot of people ask me, hey, who makes your gear? And I'm like, well, I don't make it, but I design it. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. yeah. It's like, can you design something for me? And it's like, eh, maybe. Because I don't want to be drawing all day. You know, I have a job. Yeah, you have a life. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's, it's, it's just, so then those two means, so the Paul Rudd pops up, and I was like, oh, that's kind of expensive, but I have the money, why not? And Tom Hiddleston pops up, and I was like, ugh. Yeah. And I, I guess they said what happened with Tom Hiddleston is the ticket sales for Thursday have been so slow because going with it Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. He's going to be there Saturday and Sunday to do, uh, he's doing plays in New York. Okay. So he's doing four on Saturday, four on Sunday. So I guess they said they were going to bring him in on either Thursday morning or Wednesday night and have him do the Comic Con to kind of move the tickets. But it's like, okay, I understand you want to move the tickets. But it's like, okay, now we need to pay X amount of money for the tickets, but then we need to pay upwards of $200 just to get his autograph, like. Yeah, and it's like, ooh, that's, that's, a, that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I know he's a big yeah. deal, but, you know, some people, they might only go in there for 500 bucks. You know, you go come out with a picture and autograph or come out with a bunch of little stuff. I don't, I guess it all depends on what you want. I mean, if you do know, like you said, you save up all year. I mean, if somebody really likes, like, let's say, Loki, Tom Hilson, they really want a picture and that's all they want, I guess it's worth it for them, you know? Yeah. I guess it go. depends, I, you know, like like someone said, uh, everything's worth as much as someone's willing to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You have to find somebody. Like, every, like you've got people that collect classic cards. My grandpa collects classic cards. I know very little. You know, I just yeah. don't get to point A to point B, and it has a good sound system and a cup holder for my water. I'm yeah, there you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't get two of the vehicles either. I just want four-wheel drive because it's snow here. That's it. Yeah, yeah, you need that. But um, I always say, I think Stanley had the best one. Stanley, you know, this was three years ago. Yeah, three years ago, you know, it was announced his last time in New York. I think it was like 93 or 94. He was $100 a picture, $100 an autograph. And I'm like, I think that's great. I think, yeah. I think that's great. I think that's, you know, I mean, you literally have, wasn't for Stanley, comics wouldn't be what they are today and there would be no New York Comic Con so it's like he's literally the foundation 
of this whole thing, whether you read Marvel comics or not, or you read, you, you go there for the anime, or you go there for the movies, or you go there. For, if it wasn't for Stanley, we wouldn't have a, a, a New York Comic Con or a San Diego Comic Con. So here's the guy that kind of really built all this over the last, you know, sixty years, and he's only charging a hundred. Yeah, I so think that's fair. Not, it's not yeah. gouging, and it's not. It was not a real great deal, but it's fair. Yeah, it was fair, and I spent quite a bit. I think I got I got a picture, and I think I got five or six in his autograph. I'm an optimist, Stanley, and obviously it's going to be his last one because you know he's getting up there in age, and obviously you know we lost Stan back in November. Mm-hmm. So, which crazy crazy thing about this is going to be the first New York Comic Con without any you know Stanley gone. But then the next year they announced Mark Hamill, so I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's going to be. You know, maybe one one hundred, one fifty. Whoop! I just got three hundred. Yeah. I was like, that's crazy. But it's just like, when's the next time you get a chance to meet Luke Skywalker? Yeah. And I, I shelled out some bucks as well, but it's still like, kind of shaking my head at it. And, you know, obviously I'm going to do the Paul Rudd and the Tom Hiddleston thing because I have the money saved up and I'm not going to really do anything else on commissions. But it's just like, it's, it is a little bit too much. Um, it is, know it's crazy. Stallone, I know Stallone was there the year before Stanley, and they said he was doing a combo pack where it was a picture and an autograph $500. Yeah, that's insane. Like, I like Stallone and everything, but I would never. Even if someone gave me $500, like, right there, and they're like, here, you can go meet him. Like, I'd rather spend this on anything else. <laughs> like, that's that's an awful... I like Stallone, but come on, 500 Think what else you get for $500. A lot of stuff. I know Arnold's kind of doing the con scene. I forget what he's charging, but it's nowhere near as much as Stallone. No. I think Arnold's a, Arnold's a bigger... I do too, yeah. And uh, he was at one of the what's what's the one that the guys that left Wizard World and they formed their own Ace Comic Con is that what's called? They had like Superman and Wonder Woman the one year. I think Arnold was at that one or one of the ones they ran. And I don't think he was five hundred. Like he might have been two hundred something. I don't. I might have a hard time paying two hundred for Arnold. I don't know. You know. Yeah, it's it's a little bit too much. I think Carrie Fisher was she was like she Carrie Fisher was there the year before uh, the same year as Stan. So I think she was because Stan obviously set set the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, no one was going over it. But I think she was like sixty, sixty or seventy. That, that, hey, that's, so that's like that's worth you know, it. I mean, that's Princess Leia. And then she wound up passing away a couple months after that. So yeah, I'm like, really glad I waited in line as long as I did. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, yeah, some of the stuff it just I just don't understand the pricing for. It, but again, you know, they're gonna get they'll get the money for it. Yeah, they will. I think Paul yeah. Rudd had. Paul, Paul Rudd and Tom Hiddleston, they're both there Thursday and Friday. They have two picture lines, two auto, autograph lines for either day. They're all on a pre-order. It's like, well, mm. you take the risk of if you don't do the pre-order, if this thing sells out, you're SOL. Yeah. It's only it's only two a day. I, I'm so. going to say probably the Tom Hiddleston sells out. Yeah. Maybe now, maybe not um, Ant-Man, but Paul Rudd, but, but maybe. Never know. Now, sometimes, usually because these guys have handlers, and usually their handlers are, are way more strict than the people are. I mean, everybody I've met uh, has been super, super great. Obviously, Stan was, uh, I told this story on here a hundred times, Stan was obviously the best. So, obviously, I, you know, I, I did, I'm going to do the pole run. Oop, cutting out there a little bit. Hold on. Okay. Hmm. If they got, if they <laughs> <laughs> you got to see what the, the 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 Channel Four News team had a grenade and uh, a trident <laughs> and uh, and uh, no, with a chain thing, yeah. yeah. Especially the second anchor man, that was a really over the top battle. <laughs> so yeah. So and then the other who knows? the other question I might ask him is if you remember what's do you remember the cologne that Paul Rob oh Sex Panther. <laughs> 
Yes, and he says it's made from real panther. I'm going to ask him if Sex Panther was made from real black panther. So. <laughs> I should be like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Works 50% of the time, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. uh, so that should be. It, it, regardless, it, you know, you, you go, you're going to go there, you're going to go spend money. It, it, is, it is what it is. So. What the? Now I know you're getting some commissions done by Scott Lit, correct? Yeah, yeah. I sent him my Elvira blank. I sent out yesterday, and he said he'll get it done. So that's pretty cool. And that's the only one that I really have planned. I might get her X Men girl because I want to get all the X Men girls done. But I don't really have anyone like on tap. Oh, I gotta hit this person up for that person. So it's like kind of just going there and getting some books signed. I didn't even really look at the guest list. I kind of have an idea of some people are there, but uh, nothing really. I didn't pull any books or anything yet. So I'm kind of just like there, walking around, enjoying it. You know, with no real. Like, I don't have to be somewhere at one thirty and then somewhere else at 5, you know? Yeah, now, are they doing the lottery? Remember last year they did a lottery right about Tom McFarland? Yeah, I, I didn't hear anything, but I think they had that, like, the week before or something like that, so... It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't looked too far out. Well, it was weird because because my sister, um, she was sending me text messages when she called out about Paul Rudd and Tom Middleton. I said, hey, I got an email about him. I haven't gotten an email from New York Comic Con in, like, a month. I'm getting nothing about this. Mm. It was on the Twitter. Yeah, so how long found anything else out is I'm going on to either the website or the Twitter. Yeah, so unless you're, maybe the emails are going to your spam thing, you know? I'll have to check it. But I will start pulling books. Um, I usually do them on today. I'm not going to do it because obviously as soon as I get out, I can't say what I'm going to do. I did tell you on the, before we went on the air where I'm leaving as soon as we're done with this podcast. Uh, I'll get a little cliffhanger for the, for the, for the yeah. listeners out there. I'm going to kind of a reunion surprise party for somebody who does listen to the, this podcast. I don't want to ruin it. Hmm. You know, probably, you'll probably see some of the pictures on social media later on tonight. So I and I will give a full recap. Um, really excited about what, what I'm going to be doing tonight. And the next week we have a show in Scranton. So you have yeah. two shows in. That's yeah, then there's there's one in uh, Atlas, PA, which is kind of like uh, near Mount Carmel. So it's I just drive down, so it ain't too far. And I know the one in Scranton starts early, but I haven't really seen the full flyer. I seen that one. Does it start like three or two or? I think two. Two. Okay, so we should be able to should be able to get them both. If not, then you know I'm at one and can't make that. Yeah. You know, so I will be pulling books probably on the 21st. So that gives me a couple weeks to start pulling. And I I always make the mistake. <laughs> you know this too is why I probably bring three or four hundred books. Yeah, so a little my too much. Shoulders are killing me. Yeah, Amber for Christmas this year got me a really fancy Under Armour backpack. Oh, I know nice. It makes it a lot easier with you because you carry the backpack. Yeah, so. yeah, it's much easier. And then they have them like. Uh, the stretchy straps with the with the load bearing you know spandex parts or whatever then it, it does make it a little bit easier yeah so i will be i will be retiring the well I, if you remember the straps on my comic i busted halfway through the, oh yeah that's right yeah last year so that has been retired i'll be going to the book bag so i may bring maybe 100 books total for all yeah. days I, I don't know again it's i probably have 300 books signed that are just sitting in a box yeah, some I just I, I kind of put mine in boxes. I don't have I think I have like two hanging ups, but you know unless I move out and get a house and just make a whole wall where I hang books up. <laughs> I mean I like them that they're signed, but you know most of them are in a box. But that's you know yes. a long box, short box. But what can you do? Yep. So obviously my main thing is the the big out is the autographs from those five people. So. Uh, that would be that. So, and then obviously we're gonna go see Joker, uh, which is getting rave reviews. Yeah, how about that? I just gave it ten out of ten, which is like, wow, that's that's awful high praise. I mean, I, I don't expect ten out of ten, but I expect it to be, you know, okay to good. You know, I'm a, I'm going in open mind. It looks the trailer looks pretty good. So, but am I am I gonna leave saying, oh, that's better than Endgame? I I think so. You know. No. I, 
when you think of the Joker, the next thing you think of is Batman. Obviously, there's no yeah. Batman in here, so it's just like I'm not. Again, I'm I'm Joaquin Phoenix. So it's like he's great, and then he got an eight minute standing ovation. So, so okay. that will probably be on tap sometime. And I would like to try to sneak away if it's still in the theater to go see it, Chapter Two. I've never seen. I haven't. I haven't really seen a horror movie in a long time. Ever does not like horror movies. I grew up on them. I did not see it chapter one, so I'll have to rent it sometime in the next month and watch it. Obviously, watch it probably around 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not afraid of the dark. Because <laughs> it, the first, the original that came out in the 80s or 90s, my all-time favorite horror. Really? Oh so wow! I'm really, you know, I'm really intrigued to to see how this one plays out. But I heard the first chapter was really good, and uh, the reviews that I read on the one that came out this weekend, they said it was. I would say they said it was pretty good. Really? I I seen the first one, my friend. Well, the first new one at my friend's house. I'm not a big horror movie fan, so I, you know, to me it was just all right. But uh, you know, I guess if you're into it, then you're like, oh, this is awesome, you know. So now I, I do I do have some breaking news. Are you sitting down, sir? Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say something. I hope it doesn't give you a heart attack. I watched the movie a combination of last night and this morning because I fell asleep uh, last night, and it was not a comic book movie. Oh, whoa! Watch out. <laughs> however, however, there was comic book people in it. I rented. Ever wanted to see it? So I, I we rented it. We kind of had a family night. Me here and Lily. I fell asleep about a half an hour into it. it was Men in Black International, which stars oh, Chris Thor. Hedworth, a.k.a. And Thor and Thor. Valkyrie. <laughs> and Thor and Valkyrie. So it's funny because every time, like, it happens where it takes a lot of heat. Like, he gets beat up a lot. And I'm like, oh. But to me, he's always been Thor. Right? I'm like, Thor shouldn't be taking that. Yeah. So I was just like, after the second time he got beaten up, I was like, go get his hammer. And by that time, Amber and Lily like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> so there's this one scene where he's fighting some alien guy and he's in a warehouse. He takes, like, a Black and Decker hammer. <laughs> And throws it at him, <laughs> catches him, he goes, oh, that one's supposed to happen like that. Something like that. That's kind of cool they did that. I would watch that movie. I seen that at, at the, the display at Walmart, because where they had Endgame and uh, Detective Pikachu and then uh, the Men in Blackness or whatever it's called. I was like, oh, I'd, I'd watch that. I don't know if I'd buy it, but, you know, someone let me borrow it. Was, it. Yeah. it was fun. Yeah. yeah. It was, there's a play, it's like a red box called DVD Express. It's by our house. And okay. Is, is that the one that says, this is not a red box directly on? The yes. <laughs> yeah, there's yes. one at the local uh, grocery store, Boyers, near me. It, it operates exactly like a red box. Yeah, it's like I a rival. A, it's like the indie of <laughs> the indie wrestling of red box. Yeah, it's like the knockoff. It's red box like. And I had a coupon for 75 cents off, so I was able to rent it for 24 hours, but it's buckled free. I'm like, works for me. Yeah, ain't bad, yeah. Jeez, not at all. I did buy uh, Batman Hush, but I didn't get to watch it yet. I bought it the other day. So I'm gonna, sometime this weekend, probably today. Yeah, you'll definitely have to let me know how this is. All right, there, sir, let's get into what we read from this past week. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, I guess I'll go first. I, I, I actually got my books yesterday, so I, I read some books from this week. How about it? <laughs> and last week. So let me just see where I started. We'll talk about I got the previews, too, so we talk about some new books coming out. So let me see here. I'll start with probably probably the best one, Absolute Carnage number two. This came out last week though, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So anyway, I'll just give my thoughts about it. Written by Donnie Cates and art by Ryan Stegman. And uh, I thought this was excellent, as so was the first one. So Venom finds out his son may be the symbiotic codex instead of the codex hidden in him, so Carnage might be after his son. That's basically and then at the end, spoiler, it's been two weeks. Carnage gets miles. So I give it a plus. Absolute Carnage. If you're not reading that, definitely pick it up. And it's very 90s. I like how he's using all the 90s characters. So, uh, moving on. Vampirilla number two, written by Christopher Priest, and art by Ergen Gundaz. I don't know anything about this guy at all, but his art's pretty good. And uh, Vampirilla tells her therapist about a girl she met, and then taking out a satanic cult with a group of warrior nuns. So, it was pretty cool. Give that one a B. 
Then I'll go over the Scream 2. This is the Absolute Carnage Scream tie-in, the, the girl symbiote. Written by Colin Brunn and art by Gerardo Sandoval. Scream finds Andy Benton, the former Mania symbiote, which I don't remember Mania at all. And she is able to fight off Carnage's influence, but then Carnage shows up. Oh my god. So this is pretty good. Uh, the, the first issue wasn't digging as much. I give this one a B plus, a little bit better. So it's only six issues, five or six I'll stick on. But I heard she's getting a ongoing afterwards, which I don't I don't know how that's going to do. I don't think I'll get that. And there's, there's a new book, Vampirilla Red Sonia. This is them together, their team-up book, written by Jordi Belair. Which, is Jordi Belair a girl or a guy, do you know? It's a, uh, it's a girl. She does a lot of callers for Kelly Sudakana. She oh, okay. did uh, Pretty Deadly, which uh, Pretty Deadly actually came back last week. So really? She read a book, yes. Oh, yes. so I, I, I wasn't aware of it anyway. It, uh, she, she's a very good writer then. And then art by Drew Moss. I don't know Drew Moss, but he's really good. Okay, it's Jim Ross? Yeah, Jim Ross. Any <laughs> Jim, no. His son, Drew. Um... 1969, Vampirilla travels to Russia to investigate a group of grizzly murders on a mountain, and locals say a yeti is loose in the mountain, so she goes after to find the yeti, but turns out, oh, spoiler, it's Red Sonia, and that's where it ends, so. I thought this was really good, so, Jory Belair kicking ass with Vampirilla Red Sonia number one, so. It's supposed to be ongoing, I I don't see it really going past maybe 10 or 12 issues. Alright, and Wonder Woman 77, I think this was, this was this week. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, well, it was last. It was last week, but I read this week because my shop had damage. Oh, okay. Well, I have this week's and last week, so they're all they're all they're all this week to me. Written by G. Willow Wilson. I know she's taken off soon, and then art by Jesus Marino, who's maybe related to Amber. Ain't that Amber's uh, original last name? <laughs> Yeah, and her, and her first name is Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she turns water to wine in the south. Jesus Amber <laughs> Uh Anyway, Wonder Woman goes after Cheetah for killing Aphrodite in the past it, last issue. But it, is the world different now that love is dead? That's the question. So I, I, this is very good. A, Wonder Woman has been very good lately. So kind of sucks that G. Will Wilson's leaving. But hey, maybe Street Land will kick ass on it because I always feel it. And then Wonder Woman, Come Back to Me. This is the Walmart book that's collected, written by... Amanda Carter and Jim Palmiotti, and art by Chad Harden and Tom Derenick, who's a local Scranton guy. Uh, Wonder Woman and a Candy find Jonah Hex in their search for Steve Trevor when they're lost on an island in the Bruno Triangle. And then they also find a female Brainiac, question mark? This is very good. Ooh. It's very old school feeling. And they're in the Bruno Triangle, so hence, like, Daska. Uh, Wonder Woman asks Jonah Hex, she's like, what time are you from? He's like, don't you mean where am I from? And she's like, no, what time? He's like, hmm. But Jonah Hex always time travels. So I give that one A. I thought that was pretty good. It's only five or six issues. Harley and Ivy, number one. This came out this week. It has two sweet art German variant covers, but I just got the main one. Written by Jody Hauser, art by Adrian Mello, who's very good. Harley helps Ivy grow her body back and says they should officially become heroes. But then somebody I don't know, who the Floronic Man, he's basically like a flower swamp thing, comes to take out Poison Ivy. No idea who that is, but the book was very good. B+. Uh, Superman Year One. This is issue two of the the big one, the prestige format, black label, the big magazine books, written by Frank Miller, art by John Romero Jr. This one I didn't care for so much. I only gave this one a C. Uh, Clark goes through the Navy and does very well, tries to become a Marine, but then he gets dishonorably discharged, and he falls in love with the girl from Atlantis, and then goes to Atlantis, has to fight like Neptune off the Winter Love. I, I don't know. I thought the first issue was really good. This one. A little too much army stuff and then Atlantis stuff and he's all like, doing his superpowers all of a sudden it's like eh wasn't digging that one so I get that one to see but there's only one more issue and that's done and then finally Web Black Widow won this one came out this week written another book written by Jody Hauser so she had a big week and art by Stephen Mooney Black Widow sneaks into a party that Tony Stark is throwing to play a video exposing someone from uh, 
Sobol Technology is doing something illegal. It's very good. It's a start, so it kind of leaves more questions than gives you answers. But I give that one a B. So, and that's all I read from this week. And the book, book of the week, probably Absolute Carnage. Even though it was last week. Did you read... Uh, Thor. Are you getting Thor? No, I didn't. It's the last issue. Oh. I totally forgot I was going to pick that one up. And I totally forgot okay. to get it. I will, I, cause I will not. There's a, the last page is something really cool, so I won't spoil it. Oh, okay. And I know that King Thor starts, what, I guess in two, three weeks? Like Beetlejuice says, I'll be home in two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. So that's King, and King Thor's six issues, and then it's apparently Jason Aaron's done, and he'll move on to whatever he's going to do that hasn't been announced yet. I wonder if he's going to be writing Thor. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't announce that either. So it's like... Who would you give Thor to? Hmm. As I take a swig there. A swig for the working man. Yeah, um, I mean, you're, you're literally coming off arguably the greatest Thor run of all time. Either he, him or Walt Simonson. Yeah. I mean, it's literally head to head. I mean. Yeah, who do you put on it? Uh, Gail Simone, if she's available? Because you think Hickman's taking up all your... Uh, and he's with Dexman. He's busy. I mean, Dan Slott, he's kind of busy with Fantastic Four. I think he's doing something else. Maybe Dan Slott? I mean, other than that, you kind of, you don't give it to uh, Donnie Case because he's kind of got his plate full. I was in fact, that's who I would give it to. But yeah. He's at 19. Yeah, so I mean, do you give it to him? I mean, might just don't want to spread the guy too thin. And then, like, Marvel, we don't have any, the real big heavy hitter writers. I mean, Bendis ain't there. Jeff Johns ain't there. Uh, maybe Mark Wade? I don't, I don't know. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Mark Wade's a good one. I vote for Mark Wade. Yeah, isn't it Charles Soule? Maybe give to him. Ooh, we'll I know he has out. an indie book coming out. It's him and Scott Sterner. It's called, like, or Scott Sterner. <laughs> Scott uh, Snyder. And it's called World, Worlds Apart or something. I have to look in the previews then, but uh, it don't look too interesting. Well, Lily, I'm going to go through my books. Lily go was ahead. supposed to join us because she wanted to talk about Sonic and what's going on Miles Morales. Nowhere to be found. So I think she's outside. <laughs> well, Hopefully, it Hopefully, it is what it is. She can come back next week. Yeah. Fantastic Four, A plus. Right off the bat, we're starting to read, read Richard. Dust off the Marvel One. The mm. Marvel One was what was used from Fantastic Four issue number one. That they went up to space, and that's how they got their powers. Oh, so okay. I thought that was really cool. And then him and Johnny rebuild the the Marvel One into the Marvel Two, and they set off to go on a trip. And that's where it leads off of the next issue. And you know when they go on the trip, nothing bad possibly can happen. No, know, no so. not at all. Just go up, probably look at space, take a few pictures, and come back for dinner. Yeah, yeah, that'll be it. Um, the Hickman House of X books, I'm just not going to review just because I think it's just they're, just they're just too involved. I think they're all great. Everyone's been an A to an A+. Plus. It's really picking up. Yeah, I got um, I got two three issues to read yet. No, yeah, well, between House and Powers. They're all really good. Plus, I know you're behind them, so I don't want to spoil them. But they're all excellent. I'm really enjoying what he's doing with and I have more questions than answers which is that's that's the way to go then we'll get that's into the, the what X-Books they lead into then but I know the, the main one will be just X-Men because I looked yeah, that up and I'm, so. I'm going to get New Mutant just because Hickman's writing it and I'm thinking okay, yeah. that this is what I'm going to read it well, well after you're done we'll talk about all the X-Books then after yeah, you're done I think, I think that's what we'll do that's a, but everyone's been in A to A plus uh, speaking of A Star Wars I know it's coming to an end this is really good because you're really starting to see Han and Leia like really getting they're, they're, they're on missions with each other helping each other out um, so they uh, they're, they're, you can see their, their, their flirtation is really getting closer and closer mm. and you're getting to see that Luke is really getting to understand the, his full abilities of his powers so it's like getting really interesting but Lily just came in the room so Lily you can go in a minute and do your review of Sonic and look on my own browser right? okay <laughs> Web of Black she just Widow, teleported I in a, I give this one a B plus as well uh, yeah, it's basically same exact review that you gave Natasha Crash's A Star Party. I thought the art was very good in that too. Um, 
Batman vs. Rajay Ghoul, Neil Adams. Neil Adams is very much like Jack Kirby, phenomenal artist. This book alone, just on the art alone, is worth my four dollars. Just like Neil Adams, or just like Jack Kirby, not a good writer. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's yeah. Hey, when you're really good at one thing, you can't be really good at two things. You know? Yeah, I mean John Byrne did it, Frank Miller did it, Terry yeah. Moore did. Continued yeah, and not some people like you know some people can, some people can't. But they, hey, if I was really good at one of them, I'd be happy. But see, the thing is, I I have Neil Adams and Jack Kirby as you know, Kirby number one artist of all time, Neil Adams number two of all time, and everybody else is competing for maybe Jim Lee's three, and everybody else is competing. So it's just I will collect this whole entire run. I may not read it. I'm just not even going to give it a grade just because I absolutely love Neil Adams. I love yeah. his art. I love everything he's done for comic books. We, I talk to him every year at Comic-Con. He's a great guy. Absolute legend of the business. So if just, you, just like you uh, get, Dead Man. Dead Man. Our art was awesome. Glow and Dark. Did you pick up that first Dead Man? Because I have I two. If you want, I was going to say, if you want a copy, I have two. Yeah, I got the whole run and even Batman Odyssey, the same thing. Yeah. Which is and, the and art's phenomenal. It's, yeah, it's the same. Great artist. Really good. But uh, writing? Yeah, no. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's see. Thor, A+. Plus. You get to see the softer side of Thor as we're at the end of the War of the Realms, as we're going into these... Um, how King can Thor. I call it? This, yeah, he's basically going into these towns that were liberated in the War of the Realms, and he's helping them rebuild. And then he's actually going in feeding the Dark Elves that Malkith basically brainwashed to help them be evil. He's helping feeding them, feeding, them, you know, feeding them as well. And then towards the end of the book, you see young Thor, old Thor, and then you see a certain giant heel turn no. with the help of a certain something. That's the last page that I will not spoil for you. Nice. Oh, I'm going to pick that up on because this is the last one Jason Aaron writes of, of Thor proper. Then you do King Thor, and then he moves on to whatever else and Avengers. Yeah, that last page I'm like wow I didn't see that coming so I'm really intrigued to see what they're going to do with uh, King Thor with that uh, Wonder Woman A minus D questions Diana whether he's ever going to come first in their relationship and yeah. the next Wonder Woman big feud is set up but did you see that like because Aphrodite's dead maybe that's the reason why he's not like in total love you know because uh, well, Atlantis Atlantis whatever his name is her name they name kind of speculates that it's like oh jeez yeah, so there you go. Okay, Pretty Deadly. I didn't even know this was coming out. It's called Pretty Deadly Rats. I, this was from the first one from Kelly Sudicon. It's really, really good. You have the trade. I picked this, yeah, I picked this one up, A-. minus. The detective goes looking for a killer, and he finds the killer, the da the daughter of the person that was that uh, killed, and she said she was, a vic uh, she was the victim of 11 visited ghosts uh, that were three, three reapers by 11 different ghosts. Mm. So I thought that was really cool. Is it still like Wild West kind of like... Yeah, yeah, with the, with the animals. Yeah. And, uh, it's still the same thing with Joey Belair on it. Okay. So. However, my book of the week, Doomsday Clock, number 11. Oh, man, I forgot about Some Someone asked me if I read that, and I was like, man, I fell off so long ago. But hey, I'm close to that trade. <laughs> you may get that trade by Valentine's Day, yeah. <laughs> Lois and Lex Luthor are going through old photos to try to figure out who the Watchmen are, and just between Lois's detective skills and Lex being Lex, they're figuring out a lot of kings of the armors with the Watchmen, and we finally, finally get the first one-on-one head-to-head meeting of Superman and Dr. Manhattan, and that's where it leaves off for the final issue, issue mm -hmm. 12. I'm super excited for issue 12, and I'm super excited to read it on Christmas night, because that's probably when it's going to come out. <laughs> I was going to say, what do you think we get issue 12 this year? I mean, we still got three months, October, November, December, so... 
It's possible. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it has been terrible delay. I mean, yes. it, it's every two months, so like, okay, that would make it November, but it does get delayed. So if it only gets delayed one month, that puts it December. So yeah, maybe you'll read it for Christmas, or we'll be reading it next year. But hey, here's the one thing: once the 12's out, put that trade right out. So that's when I'll read it. Cause I only read I think the first go. three issues, and I was like, oh, this is taking forever. But very, very good. Jeff Johns and uh, Gary Frank on art. Yeah, it's excellent. It's just, you just forget what happened. Yeah, I mean, even if the book came out every two months like it was scheduled to, you kind of forget what happens there. And there's no, like, like the Marvel books in the beginning, a little uh, thing to catch up to where you are last month. It's just like, and especially like, oh, okay, here's an issue. You read it. Five months go by. Here's another issue. Oh, well, what the hell's going on, you know? Yeah, true. Well, I'm going to tag in Miss Lily. She's going to make her debut on Calling in the Power Ring. She's going to talk about Sonic. Her official debut. Her so, so come on over, Lily. I'm going to put the headphones on you. <laughs> And, uh, here we go. I'm just going to tag the answer. You just tell, tell everybody what's going on in Sonic and Miles Morales and don't take too long now because I know you can probably go panel for panel. So. <laughs> That's the right. Um, hello? <laughs> hey, Lily. How's it going? Pretty good. Um, Sonic is fantastic so far. It basically takes place after the war with Eggman. Eggman had lost his memory, but a villain called Dr. Starline refilled his memory and mm. started working with him. Okay. So then they create the metal virus, which turns any living creature into zombie-like robots called Zombots. Hmm. Metal Along Sonic show up at all? <laughs> what? Does Metal Sonic show up at all? Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, wow, cool. Keep yeah, they, they beat him. Oh, okay. Um, so then a along the way, um, Sonic um, makes um, two new friends, so they added two new characters to the series. Mm. They have Tangle the Lemur and mm. Whisper the Wolf. Oh, wow. He's probably, they might be in newer games, but I haven't... I played the one new Sonic game, but uh, I, know, I don't know all the characters. <laughs> I think they're only for the comics. Yeah, they might be, but yeah. They're, they're really cool. That's cool. Um, I was going to say, what would you give Sonic uh, grade-wise? A through... Miles, Miles. Yeah. Probably um, an A+. Plus oh, cool. For, it's, it's fantastic. Every single time um, a, a new book comes out, I read it right away. Oh, like, cool. I need to know what happens. <laughs> Um, so Miles Morales, um, I give it an A. It's pretty good. You didn't like as um, much as Sonic, though. <laughs> yeah, Sonic is definitely better in my opinion. Miles Morales is pretty good. Um, basically, um, <laughs> it's okay to forget what happens. <sighs> I'm trying yeah. to remember what happened in the previous. Is that the issues. one with uh, the carnage or something, or the yeah, symbiotes or something? Yeah. Yeah, the last one um, was with carnage and and that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it was. I didn't read yeah. it, but I seen the cover. So yeah, next week you review, but your review of Sonic, you know what was going on, and that was pretty good. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I heard Sonic sells very well. So. I'm I'm pretty sure it does. <laughs> 
Um, is there anything else you want to talk about with those two things? <laughs> no, no, we're good. Is there anything else you want to talk about with those two? <laughs> no, I think that basically wraps that part up. Well, there you go. All you right. can always review those two, and then what? What are books to read before you go, Lily? All right, I'm going to give it back to my dad. Okay. <laughs> See you later, Lily, with her review on Sonic and Miles Morales. <laughs> There you go, folks. Yeah. There you go. Good job, Miss Lily. Alright, go back to washing my car. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that, folks. Alright, Mr. Henry. Is there any comic uh, news or anything that. Uh... We got the, I got the previews here, so we'll go over the new X Men book. So once House of X and Powers of X ends, which is soon, they're splitting off. Jonathan Hickman's going to write X Men proper. Which, did you see the cover for this? I have it right here in front of me. The uh, the cover has. It, did you see the team on it, by chance, for X Men? I did. I have seen. They've been solicited to this week's Marvel. There's the big foldout. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's all like Cyclops's family, like it's Young Cable, which I don't like that they got real old Cable anyway. So technically his son, Rachel Gray, which is technically his daughter from the future, maybe. And then you got Jean Gray, Wolverine, because why not Wolverine? Corsair, which is his dad, and Havoc, his brother, and then their other elusive third brother, Vulcan, is also on the cover, so I'm like, oh, wow. So it's a whole Summer's Family book, basically. And then Jonathan Hickman's writing New Mutants, which you said you're going to get. I'm, I'm probably going to skip, just because I don't really... The group of mutants I don't really care for is their Cypher, or C Chamber, Cypher, Magic, and a couple other ones. I think, what's her name? Wolvesbane, or... I don't know. I might, I might skip that one. And then there's... Uh, it gets a little confusing. There's, there's Fallen Angels, which the team is Psylocke, X-23, and Young Cable. But this is the Psylocke that's the original Japanese girl that got killed, that Betsy Braddock's mind was in. Now, she's back. That was revanche in the 90s, so this is the Japanese Psylocke. Because the regular Psylocke is in a book called Excalibur, and now she is Captain Britain. So that's Betsy Braddock in her original body. I know it's confusing. And her team is her, Rogue, Gambit, Jubilee... Uh, apocalypse for some reason. I don't know if it's that young Apocalypse and he grew up, you know, that he was in a couple X-Men books. And then it's either Multiple Man or Richter. I can't tell. And then there's Marauders, which is basically just a White Queen book. And Black Tom Cassidy. I think uh, where's that? I think Pyro's in that group. No, Pyro's in the Arrow book. Now, where was that one at? Oh yeah, that's uh, the X-Force. Yeah, Pyro's in the X-Forces. Wolverine, Colossus, Beast, Black Tom Cassie's in that. Jean Grey, Domino, Quentin Quire, which is the pink hair guy, and a nerd girl. I think her name's Sage. She was in the uh, I forget that name. That X Men Extreme X Men run. So there's a bunch of different X Men books coming out, splitting off. I'll probably get X Men proper, and then the two with Psylocke, the, the Psylocks, and X Force. I'm gonna try out. So a lot of different directions X Men's going after the House of X and Powers of X. So which you one are you? They're putting out a movie soon with all the yeah, hey. In a couple so, years. Yeah, so we shall see. And a Ghost Rider book coming out too, which uh, I think I'm gonna pick up. Forget yeah, who's you're a big fan of the Ghost Rider. I yeah, can, I can take it or leave it. Dan, Danny Ketch and uh, Johnny Blaze. So I'll try it. I forget who's on it. Who's right? I just seen it too. Let me see here. Let me scroll down. Uh, let me click on it and find out. She's uh, Ed Ed Brisson. Oh, he's a phenomenal artist. Yeah, yeah he, he's doing. He's doing the art. And oh, jeez, no, he's writing it. Ooh. Is he doing the art too? It says it's written by Ed Brisson. And I don't know. The art looks really good. It's not saying there's a, there's a trailer for it. Obviously, I'm not gonna put on the trailer and start listening to that. 
And I'm excited for Punisher Soviet, which is written by uh, Garth Ennis. It's only a six-issue oh. miniseries. I don't know the guy who's doing the art, Jason Burroughs, but Punisher, like, in, in the Soviet Union, written by Garth Ennis? Okay. That will not be a, a kid book. No, no, no. <laughs> I definitely don't give that one to your kid. I, he might, a couple people might die in that, I would, I would just assume. Each panel. Yeah. You know, we should, we should do uh, under over. How many, you said it's a six-issue minute? Yeah. How many people die in it? <laughs> How many people die in six-issue? When, when, yeah, when that, the week before it comes out, or the week it does come out, let's, but if, if we remember We'll, we'll see. Well, okay. We'll, we'll, yeah. I'll, ca- I'll count for every. I'm gonna get him, so I'll count every issue. How many? Yeah. What the death toll is? Kind of like when you watch an old '80s action movie, you count how people die. Yeah, I think that's what's gonna be. It's Garth Ennis. It's Punisher. He's in the Soviet Union. Yeah. Right I'm, I'm gonna say oh. someone dies on the first page. I'm gonna say yeah, two people die. On the first you know what? <laughs> Here's a preview. <laughs> in previews. Oh, okay. I'm just gonna. Is anybody uh, dying in previews? I don't know if they can put that in there. Let's see. Punisher Soviet. Let's see. The first page. Car chase. Uh, shoots out a van. Van crashes into a van. <laughs> it, it's possible death, but not a confirmed death in the first page. Probably might be too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he shoots. <laughs> the, there's, there's four guys in the van. That the bullets looks like bulletproof glass. Then uh, Punisher hits the van with another van, and uh, crashes. So eh, it might be four deaths. <laughs> and how about this? Uh, I don't. I'm not gonna get it, but a Yondo book is coming out. Cool. Yeah, man. It's, it's a little. It's a little not. Yeah, it's a. I wouldn't get it. Let's see who's on it. I don't know these people. Well, I know Zach Thompson I heard of. He, and Lonnie Nadler writing it. John McRae doing art. Uh, yeah, that's a skip. There's a Morbius book coming out. Vita Alaya writing it. She's pretty good. I, I'll be skipping that. But I like Deadpool now written by Kelly Thompson. So I get Deadpool and I'll still get Deadpool. Yeah, she's crushing Captain Marvel. Yeah, she's, she's really good. And then, the, of course, the 2099 books come out. But I, I might skip all them because... They're cool, but you know when you get so much, you're like, ugh. Like I, I was even trimmed my list. Like I dropped uh, Black Cat and Catwoman and Savage Avengers just to free up some space in my pool list. You know? Yeah, I'm trying to keep my pool list between ten or twelve, ten or twelve a month. But if you think about that, a week. So you think about that's over forty books a month. Yeah. I used to get almost twenty books a week. I remember my, it was like, like almost like eighty, ninety books a month. It's just like, where do you find the time? Oh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Like I'm like, and then, and then if you're reading something that's just okay, like the way I look at it is, if you can only read like, let's say you can only read four books a month, uh, and three are great and one's okay, or let's say you got five and you but you only paid for four, and uh, four are great and one's okay, just drop the one that's okay, you know. Because it, it ain't really worth it, and you probably like in a couple of years you always buy the trade or get the issues cheap unless there's a first appearance. So yeah, it's a lot easier for me to drop Marvel stuff just because than the Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, if you have that, yeah, out. and then you can read it later. And then you gotta think like, oh, I see a lot of issues that I bought, and then I go like through a, uh, a shops like like Discount Box where they're a dollar two. I'm like, man, I bought this whole run for full price. I could have bought it all now for like twenty bucks. I mean, but you don't know. But so sometimes you can wait on a lot of things. We remember Lethal Venom Lethal Protector was in the dollar yeah. for like a well over a decade and then all of a sudden the movie came out and all the shops pulled them and put them in complete sets for like 80, 90 bucks and it sounded like crazy. Yeah, people were buying them and the same thing with Deadpool before he was hot. Like all the New Mutants books you get them dirt cheap in the first appearance and probably back in the day you could have got it for like 10 bucks. And uh, yeah. and then the same thing with Miss Marvel. That the whole original run was in the in the quarter box years ago, and now you know Miss Marvel one is like one hundred and fifty dollars. So I have that whole entire run. Just wait till it comes out. Yeah. On the on the Disney Plus. 
Yeah, no, I'm talking. I'm talking the original Miss Marvel. Yeah, that new Miss Marvel, that's gonna jump up. I have, I have yeah. every issue except for like I fell off the, the last run, and now the new run's not so hot. But uh, it's crazy how things are. And now She Hulk's gonna jump up. Moon Knight will be jumping up because of those shows. So, yeah, it's weird what the Eternals, they're like. which I still can't name you one Eternal. But I think I was saying, I think I was telling you on the couldn't either. Texture, I told you on the show on Marvel Unlimited. I read the first three issues by Neil Gaiman. I thought it was fantastic. Really? Wow. It wasn't. I'm, I'm uh, or maybe it was the Inhumans. Somebody, there was a good writer on it. I was like, yeah, if I knew anything, maybe I'd be interested. But I heard it was good. Maybe it was even Charles Soule. Yeah, Charles Soule was on the Inhumans. Yeah. The uh, X, or I verse X and Humans verse. Yeah, which I skipped the whole thing. Because that's that when Marvel was really down on the X-Men. So I'm like, well, I don't really want to watch the X-Men do a job here. <laughs> but Yeah, that was halfway decent. But the show wasn't good. Yeah, that's what like I heard. It caught Medusa's hair in the first episode. I'm like, what? That's like... That's like you're okay. You pumped up. You're going to see this excellent movie, and they take away Wolverine's claws the first five minutes, and then he just gets beat up the whole movie. Yeah. And then he like gets the claws back at like the last possible second. Like, yeah. What? Is that what you want to see? It's like, uh, no, no, thank you. So I, I think but that remember, that show was kind of doing for the start. It wasn't much interest because they didn't really establish the uh, Inhumans at all. You know, the humans was the Roman Reigns of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. They just try to shove it down your and, throat. And so nobody much. wanted it. It's like, we can't really... Well, we can't do the X-Men, but we don't want it because Fox has the right. So here's the humans. They're just as good. And everyone's like, no. no we, 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 the X-Men got over in the 70s, and then they got way over in 92 with the comic book, and then, the, you know, with the movie, or not the comic book, the, the TV show, and then the fancy, the awesome arcade video game, yeah. which I have on the PlayStation 3. So it's just like you—that's built into our system for at least the last 20-25 yeah, years. Plus, they were really the first ones to get the, the movies going. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah it was right. well, Spider, well, Spider, X Men, Spider Man. So I mean, X Men was the one to keep going. So I mean, yeah, yeah. to just be like, hey, forget those guys. Here's uh, Medusa and Black Ball. People are like, ah, no, nah. no, we want Wolverine, and Cyclops. Thank you. Yeah, especially the fact that Black Bolt can't talk. Yeah, there's not too much you. you can like, do with him. I want, yeah, I want Wolverine talking and doing smarty, smart-ass remarks. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they might... I guess they were going to do it in a Humans movie, then they scrapped it, now, now it's an Eternals movie, and I don't know. One thing about the Eternals, I don't think they're that over. I mean, maybe they can get them over like Guardians of the Galaxy, but I, I don't know. If anybody can, do that darn Kevin fight. Yeah. But lower expect expectations. I mean, the expectations. So I'm just looking at the movies they've had: you know, Spider-Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, the last two Avengers movies. It's got a. It, it, I don't think it's going to be a flop by any means. But I think it's going to be like a B plus, A minus movie. But still, that's fantastic. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're going to leave in there the same way you left uh, Endgame. But you'd be like, hey, it was alright. I love Endgame. I felt like I ran nine miles. I was like sweating. I was like <laughs> hey, exhausted. I was exhausted like the best way. Like I, I remember walking into that movie theater and we probably talked about it on the podcast. I walked into that movie theater like I was getting ready for a match. Like I walked <laughs> no, in, I, pumped I, up. I, like I was in my gear, I was like stretching, I was looking for you. I was like getting ready to take pre workout, <laughs> I was like gonna do some push ups, like I thought I was like getting ready to get ready for a match. I mean that wasn't I remember when the movie was over, my best friend texted me and he's like, How was the movie? I said that wasn't the movie, so that was like an experience. <laughs> <laughs> and it was too, it was very good. So yes, sir. Before we had comic talk, did you see there's a new Hellblazer coming out? But, uh, I did not. I don't know who this guy is. Written by Cy Spurrier, which kind of sounds like the guy from Hair Club for Men from years ago. <laughs> Cy Superior, or whatever his name was. I don't think it's him. Hopefully not. And the, and the art by Aaron Campbell, no idea. But Hellblazer coming back, even though there's no vertical, but nah, it probably will be. And then I seen the, the Green Lantern Black Stars, which is still written by Grant Morrison, but I'm like, I think he's. 
I don't know if the sales have been good for Green Lantern. I know we both jumped off. I'm going to try to give this Black Stars a shot and see what's going on there. It looks like they get different power rings or something. Obviously, I have no idea what's going on because I haven't been Green Lantern. And then there's the, their new girl Green Lantern, which I'm like, don't add more. But it's it's the DC Young Animal, so I think it's just uh, kind of in its own world. Her name's Far Sector or something. And uh, she kind of looks a little ridiculous. So I might be skipping that one, too. A lot, a lot of DC new stuff coming out I'm not really too interested in. Kind of way more Marvel right now. Yeah, I'm the same way too, and I think I said I'm trying to cut my Marvel list down just so that the Marvel unloaded, but I'm just worried, like Black Panther, I read here and there, I'll kind of just like skim through it, but uh, I'm just worried that if I drop it, some new character they're going to oh, put in it, and yeah. it's going to be in the, it's gonna <laughs> be in the movie. Yeah. So, real quick before we jump off Comic-Con, I know you're a huge Spawn fan, and obviously I think you have, Spawn 300 had 4,000 Oh, there were so many, there's a bunch of cool ones though. Todd McFarlane has done a great job, as he always does, promoting this on social media. Todd McFarlane's awesome. I got a chance to meet him at New York Comic Con. Uh, I know he's going to be there again this year. I hope that they do the lottery thing. You win it. It's like a ginormous spot. That's going to get he's one just, thing yeah. signed. That's it. Just he, one. He's just super cool. But uh, I picked up. Did you get chance? No, you didn't pick up your books this week. So you didn't no, I did, I did. I did. I didn't get spawned uh, 300 because you got it for me. There's a bunch of cool covers, but I'm like, I have so much and it's 799 So I'm like, well, you know, I got the blank. I'll read that blank then. And then maybe get something cool drawn on. So I didn't buy it. There, but there is, like, there's a bunch of really cool covers. But uh, Todd does the art for, like, more than half of it. And then it goes to Greg Capullo. And, oh, yeah. that's cool, man. And, right? and, and, yeah, and then, there's, and then I guess there's the main spawn story. And then there's, like, side stories. There's a, a she spawn story. And then the main guy that's doing the art now, I forget his name. I'm not really a big fan of it. He he does, like, the last couple pages. But for the most part, you're getting Todd McFarlane art. And it's a big uh, have book. You been getting, have you been getting spawn? Like, no. The past few, okay. I, I dropped it a while. I was reading it, and then the art wasn't too good. And I think Todd's been writing it now for quite a while, but the story wasn't too hot. So, you know, kind of skipped out on it. Last time I got it, he had, like, a mouth. He looked like Venom, and he had a big sword. I was reading that arc, and then I dropped off when they got the new artist, which does this weird paint style that I'm not really a fan of. Now, will you be going to see the spawn movie that's coming out, I think, next year? <laughs> you know what? Be... It's Jamie Foxx, but... <laughs> I'm not really big on him, but I, I'd like to see it. Just to see, they said it's supposed to be like horror themed, which would make sense. I mean, a guy dies and goes to hell, so. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's not going to be a comedy. Yeah. yeah he burns <laughs> to death and goes to hell, so. Yeah. That's not what to take the kids to. Yeah. yeah. Ow. He actually just burns his finger and then some uh, gets magic powers. But, yeah, I, I, right, so I'm interested in seeing it. Let's get to the crux of this podcast. Uh, do you want to go NXT UK first or the New Japan show? Uh, well, let's do the NXT UK because I did not see like the first half of it. I only seen the, actually the last two matches, and apparently, I don't think was the Cesaro match even on the show or was that on the pre-show? Yes. Oh no, no, that was on the show. Yeah. I, the... I, I gotta go back and watch that one at least. Now, what happened is I had a family cookout that I was going to, so I know I wasn't sure how much the NXT show I was going to see. I didn't see any of it until, I think, Monday, till Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Labor Day. Obviously, I was off work. So, went to the gym, and then I sat down and watched the show. And I started, the first match was Travis Banks versus Noam Dar. That was really good. They were, like, a step off on things. Like, something that seemed like a, you can tell it was a little too choreographed. But still, yeah. I thought it was, like, an excellent match. I probably would have gave it a solid four stars. Okay. And, be- and then they go to a backstage segment with Cesaro. And I completely forgot that Ilio Dragunov was signed to NXT UK. He's a huge WXW star. Mm-hmm. I mean, I talk about WXW in Germany. Ilio Dragunov is intensely reminding me a lot of like Chris Benoit. Like, oh, Benoit wow. stuff in Japan. Like, very intense, very, like, 
he's probably about like as tall as us, but really wide and really built. So I was just like, I'm, and I, I thought that you watched the whole show because you were texting me when I was at the family picnic about like certain matches. So I was like, I didn't know that Claudio or Cesaro worked Ilya Dragunov. Like, no, I didn't see the whole show. I was like, oh man. I was like, Dragunov is, I know you're probably not too familiar with him. No. But I'm like, he's excellent. He had this really good feud with Walter and WXW that was, I mean, just unbelievable. Just too hard hitting. No nonsense. You know, no flips, no nonsense. Great old school psychology. Like all Japan style matches. Mm. So I was like, man, this is going to be really good. And I, and I think I catch you as soon as the match was over. I was like, by no means was this like match of the year. Because, I mean, maybe just because this year's been so good with matches, but like this is Cesaro's probably best singles match that he's had in a while. I know he had that really good one, Alistair Black. Yeah. And, uh, I think it was Extreme Rules. Like this match was terrific. I thought, and it's really kind of a flying under the radar. Like some people were like, oh yeah, that Cesaro wrestled. He had a really good match. I was like, I know there's a lot of great wrestling that day, but like people need to be talking about this match. When you get a chance, by no means was it like 30 minutes. It's like 12. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at it now. 12, 12 26. I got the card up here. It was excellent. It was an excellent, excellent match. And then the three way tag match was probably the second best match. Yeah, I heard that was very that good. Was, that was terrific. So I, I wanted to go back and see that because I, I, I uh, when I thought the show came on at three and it started at two, so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna take a nap. And then when I got up, it was on the last two matches. So because <laughs> I wanted to stay up because they're obviously the AEW show, which was on to like midnight or 11:30. Yeah. So now I did miss a good majority of the Tony Storm match. So how was I? Did I did catch the finish? It seemed like the finish came out flat. Yeah. Well, the, the whole match was kind of flat. Like I, I, I'm a big Tony Storm fan. Kaylee Ray, not too familiar with. Her. I think I've seen her like once or twice before. And uh, I don't know, the whole match just was missing something. It wasn't there. I don't think maybe they just don't have chemistry together. It only went about 10 minutes, but I don't know. It wasn't kind of, it looked like Tony Storm was going to win. It was like reversal, move, pin, and then Kaylee Ray wins the NXT UK title. But I heard uh, that might be because they want to put Tony Storm in NXT proper for the main when it goes to USA. That would make sense. They do yeah. female stars over there. Yeah, so I mean, the match, eh, it was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't, didn't suck. It wasn't terrible. Just okay. Do you think the crowd was a little burnt out because I believe the three-way tag match was on beforehand? Yeah, that and then there was the there was that, we Last skipped the match. match Joe Coffey versus Dave Mastiff, and they, so they seen that they seen the Cesaro match and the Travis Banks versus Stone Door. So and there was actually two dark matches. There was Chris Hero, Francis Jalno versus Sid Scala. Not familiar with him. He's not even on Wikipedia. And then there was a Ray Ripley defeated Piper Niven. So that was probably a good one. So they seen a couple oh. matches beforehand. So maybe they were a little tired there, and and the match wasn't that great. So. And they need a cool down, especially for the main event. <laughs> yeah, then they get to the main event. And you, you text me, as you were texting me, I was looking on Facebook, and you were like, ah, it was okay, but it was too too long, but the ending was really good. And everybody else was match of the year. This was great. The build was really great. I was like, huh. I was like, you and me and Heather are kind of dead on. But I got about 10 people telling me, like, this is a serious contender for match of the year. And partner, I know me and you don't really disagree. I know you said you liked it, but you didn't love it. Yeah, that that, like it really heated up for the last. Yeah, but like I don't. It felt the middle, like when Walter was doing the heat. Like it was, it was really losing me. Maybe because they were like I got, they stretched it out to do forty-two minutes. I thought this match was great. I thought this was this was definitely a a uh, quote unquote five star match. I absolutely love this match. I understand Walter's slow heat. He did he did something like that with Pete Gunn at the mm-hmm. NXT show that was in New York. The crowd was kind of some of the crowd was kind of dead for it. Some of it, they they were for it. And then they built. It, he, that's what he does. He kind of when they give him time, he builds, 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 and then you know the crowd's not completely hot. And then you know he builds, 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 and that's what they did. Like they did the whole, like just a very simple 
young baby face, smaller guy versus the big bruiser heel. A lot of it worked. Like when Tyler Bate finally hit the slam on Walter, when he hit the exploder on Walter, eventually hit the Tyler driver on Walter. It's all stuff that they build up, and it, it made sense. It got huge pop. I thought the psychology of this match was absolutely dead on, but I, I loved it. Yeah, I, I mean, the last two minutes were very good. But I, the middle so- section lost me. Like it was 42 minutes. If it was 32 minutes, I think I would enjoy it a lot more. And it really made Tyler Bay a star, which I, mean, I think that yeah. was that was the plan here. And let's see what Meltzer winning. gave it if he he really did. Winning by losing is that that was Tyler yes. came out of this match like And then seven. and then when when uh, Pete Dunne and the other guy I forget his name came out, I was like, oh, they're gonna turn on him. And then, then they didn't. I was like, we really look like uh, I thought yeah. they were gonna turn on him. They're a mustache yeah. mountain guy. I forget his name totally. Yeah, trend seven. Oh, okay. That. Yeah, I thought that because yeah. they're, they're holding them up, and then they're like, here we go, and it's like, oh, nope. Okay, I found the reviews here, so a little demo. Here. I didn't think they, while you're looking at that, I think they're going to turn on just because Walter's in that emporium. Oh, yeah, he has that, like yeah, his, yeah. Now they just, they need somebody else to go to join the group so they can have four on four, so I wonder who they're going to get. Yeah. Maybe Dragunov, maybe Cesaro. Yeah, maybe, yeah, or do they bring over, oh, well, Finn, Finn's going to come back and probably wrestle uh, Bray. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you bring Finn in for one. Yeah. You know, in mm-hmm. the next month or two, maybe we just bring him for like a one shot. Our hero? Mystery, mystery month. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, hero would be great too, yeah. So once you have the star ratings up there, though. Well, I got the one for uh, Cardiff to be lauded. Wow. So they say one of the greatest match ever seen on a WWE umbrella and has now been given 5.25 star rating by Dave Meltzer for uh, just below Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, which got 5.25. Wow. Yeah. So 5.25 for Walter and Tyler B. They really liked it. Do you have the rest of the show? With uh, the no, they don't have it here, so let me go back and see if I can find the rest of it here. Oh, here we go. If not, no big deal. Yeah. Uh, right here. So, t- t- uh, Travis Banks versus Norm Dar, 2.5. Cesaro versus... How do you say his name? Elijah... Elijah Dragunov. Elijah Dragunov. Four stars for that one. For the tag yeah. team championship match, 4.5. Joe Cuff versus Dave Mastiff got 2.5. Dave wasn't too big on that. Kaylee Ray versus Tony Storm, 3.25. And then uh, 5.25 for the main event. So, I guess I just... I don't know. Like, I just, it lost me in that middle part. That's why I didn't give it five. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought the match was great, and then of course Walter he hits the sleeper suplex on the apron. He hits the big splash, which is and Nigel did a. I mean, the commentators were great on the show. He did a. He, Nigel did a great job saying that's what he used to be Pete Dunne for the title. So he thought that was the finish. He kicks out, and he hits on Stan Hansen as Kenta Kabashi as Lariat. I was like, yeah. oh man, this is brutal. He got him with that, which was it was pretty cool. I I thought the yeah. last ten minutes was really good. Just the yeah. beginning, I was a little like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was tired. Who knows? Speaking, speaking of Nigel, I just want to give this one thing out, and then we'll move on to the New Japan show. The first match, which is Travis Banks and Noam Dar, they were doing a lot of old school Nigel McGinnis spots. They did the one where he does the, uh, he does, he crashes the guy in the top rope, he does the lariat. Okay. Uh, and so he uh, does the lariat on the top rope, and he, he probably hit Brian Danielson with that move of probably about two dozen times. So when he hits it, they show the replay, and he goes, oh, kind of looking like uh, Daniel Bryan the way that he flipped on that and I was like ah I get it <laughs> that's and then funny they, then he got, they do the rebound Larry, but they do it on the outside and he's like shades of McGinnis on that one <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good like, that's yeah, funny. put yourself over now. Yeah, no, why not? He doesn't get he doesn't get the proper credit he deserves for everything he did for, for the no. business. No, he kind of he's kind of like the people kind of forgot that he had a really great runner or bring water. Yeah, just just tremendous talent. Okay, let's move on to the New Japan show. Royal Quest. I, I this was a great show. I mean, you literally the opener was Rapungi uh, 3K and a six man tag versus Ren Narita showed Umino, who I think are the two of the best uh, young lions yeah. and. 
Taguchi, and that was your opener. Yeah, it was it was a pretty good solid opener. The only thing that sucked was uh, oh, God, we got the stream what a day after it was out, two days after, which was really cool. Yeah. But the the commentary they had some problems. I guess it wasn't New Japan's original team; it was Red Pros or something. So the commentary didn't really get going until like the fourth or fifth match because they had problems. You could hear uh, Kevin Kelly, and then you could hear the their guy. I forget the Australian guy's name. So that I mean, Gino yeah, Jim Gambino. Yeah, you couldn't. You'd hear one not there, and then you wouldn't hear anybody, and then you heard a little bit, but. Other than that, I mean, the show itself, the wrestling was all very good. And I'll say this about the three the three main shows from this past week on the New Japan, AEW, and NXT UK. Crowd, hot for everybody. Oh, yeah, every, especially. Every match, maybe the exception of the Tony Storm match, got crazy over. Oh, yeah, especially this, this Royal Quest show. That, the crowd was into almost everybody. Yeah, the UK fans are great. They really need to bring a WrestleMania to UK. Yeah, they, they deserve it, you know. They, yeah, they, they're really, they're, 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 they're a fun crowd. But no, everything was really good, but obviously, no, I did not get a chance to see, for some reason, I don't know why this is the only match I missed, was the Osprey uh, tag match, so why don't you... Uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty good, and then I told you how the uh, Will Osprey and uh, Robbie Eagles are now known as the Birds of Prey, Osprey cut a promo at the end, and they wrestled uh, El Phantasmo and Ishimori, but it was, it was very good, it's kind of showing what Osprey and uh, Eagles can do as a tag team together with their tag moves, and they're matching gear, well, same colors. But I, I really like this one. Dave, I actually have the ratings here. Dave gave it 3.75. Oh. There you go. There you go. And then... And uh, Birds probably pick up the win. What was so. after that? What was, what was, what was after that? Uh, Naito and Sonata versus Jay White and... I was going to say Kevin Owens. Chase Owens. <laughs> this, this one was... It was it was okay. It was kind of to see. You know, the crowd got just Naito the, and Sonata. Yeah. Just to build up for this. Now, I know there's some destruction. So, I think there was one yesterday. I, it might have been one today. I think so, yeah. I, I seen a picture. So, I have to check the New Japan World and see. I know they're building up to the, the Intercontinental shot for Jay White. So. Yeah, that's what this match was. So, what was the... Yeah, but you know what was cool in this match? Uh, Chase Owens kept trying to do the... Uh, the paradise lock on Sonata, and then he finally gets it on, and Eddie does it have right in Sonata. Like he's like taunting the crowd. Sonata just gets out and stands right up. <laughs> so that that was kind of cool. They were doing that. Then they had yeah, the fun. the Aussie Open. I forget their name versus Girls Destiny. This was pretty good. I like them. I think they're gonna bring them back for World Tag League. I forget their name totally. It just says Aussie Open here. Unless that's their Kyle name. Fletcher, Mark Davis. I think. I yeah, yeah. I've seen them a whole bunch too. They're excellent. Yeah. Guys. I did see this match, and this was this was this was an excellent match. Yeah, three point seven. I actually liked them more than Girls of Destiny. I'm not too big on Girls of Destiny, so that's why I have it. Three point seven five. Dave Garrett. It was a good match. And then from there, we get into the big three matches: Kenta, uh, Tomohiro Ishii. This was great. I, I was watching this match. I'm sitting on the couch with Amber, and I'm just laughing. I'm smiling because this is obviously the, the style. I, mean, I like like every style of wrestling except for extreme hardcore death match wrestling. But this is like the hard hitting. Uh, not only is it hard hitting, but like the way that Kenta and Ishii, the way that they build their match up with their hard hitting, with their strikes, with the psychology of it, it just makes total sense. And then Kenta, I believe, got like a little bit of a concussion. Yeah, he either got his bell rung, got knocked out, or something. There's the one part I didn't notice it live. The only part I noticed is Ishii goes to suplex Kenta, and he Kenta's up in the air, and then he kind of just falls down, and it's kind of like in the commentary he doesn't say anything. I think that's like he got knocked out. The move before it or got knocked loopy and that's why he didn't even know what's going on and then at the end when he won the belt spoilers he goes to step on the second rope and he falls down <laughs> yeah i guess they said he he did it wasn't even a concussion they said he just got a dull round because if you because if you walk through that spot and then there's the spot where he goes for like that, that quick snap power slam he does and he completely like misses like he's not even there for it and then you can tell Ishii grabs him he smacks him a couple times and then you can tell then Ishii goes to run off the ropes and I put the name right so now he's going to do it again 
was that Kent just threw the big Yakuza kick. I'm like, that was probably better. Yeah. And then he, could, he gets his bearings back towards the end because then they really have a hot last two or three minutes. Yeah, so Mitchell just got knocked a little loopy there, but he got it back. And all, some people said, oh, they should have stopped it, but eh, whatever. They, they had to put the belt on him, so I don't know. I liked it. I, Dave did not I like it, it this much. I, I would give it like probably four stars. He gave it 2.5. Are you serious? Yeah. I, I would have gave it, yeah, I probably would give it four and a half. I think 2.5 is very low for it. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't five stars, but I give it four at least. This is one of my top five matches from from these three shows. I, wow. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was very good. And then Kenta wins the belt with the go to sleep. And the go to sleep looked really good. So for being knocked loopy, he still hit the go to sleep and took care of Ishii with it. Yeah, excellent match. Co-main event, Tanahashi, Zack Sabre Jr. I, I know we're getting it again on the Destruction show. I think it's a little bit too much because I think we're, we're getting it quite a bit. You know, yeah. these guys can't have a bad match. It's kind of like Young cool. Bucks, uh, Lucha Brothers. Yeah, it's kind of like, let's just, let's just cool it down. But I this was great, as, as always. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And Tanahashi, surprise, gets the high fly flow, wins the Rev Pro title, which is cool. And then it adds prestige to the Rev Pro title. I mean, they do the, go defend that in Japan, that's a world title. So. Yeah, and then I think uh, they'll switch it back to Saber. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't see Tanahashi keeping it long. And uh, four stars Dave gave it. I, I'd probably maybe give it a little more. 4.25, maybe 4.5. I, I liked yeah, four, it. Four, four and a quarter. And then we get to the. Uh, what was cool, too, is I like it when somebody hits a fin like one of their finishers, they kick out. Not like the finish, but if they move. And they go for their finisher. So Tom hits the dragon suplex. Then he one, two, uh, Saber kicks out. And then he hits high five, 12. So, like, I have him down. I have him almost beat. Let him beat him again. You don't need. A back and forth. You do one, I do one. You do one, I do yeah. one. Yeah, especially if it, moves it makes sense. Like if you got him with one, you almost got him with one. You hit him with one more, and then you got him. You know, yeah, if the right one don't get you, the left one will. Yeah. Speaking, we talked about Nigel McGuinness before. I remember I had a conversation with him when he was in Ring of Honor, and he won a match with the hit. I think once it was Jay Lethal when he was the British champion. He hit the lariat. Mm-hmm. Jay Lethal kicked out. He hit him with another lariat. Picked him up and hit him with another lariat. He said, "Well, the psychology. Let's think about it. Because if you're in a real fight." You hit a guy with an overhand right, and he backs up. And yeah, you, you know, have him knocked out. Why wouldn't you hit him with it again? And I'm like, yeah, you got a point. You know, you're, you're using your best move. I almost have him knocked out. If I can hit him clean with it again when he's loopy, yeah, truly, yeah, it, it eventually it'll it, it, it would run him off. I'm like, yeah, that that makes total sense. So I remember that sticking sticking with me. So when you see a lot of people like Masawa and Kabashi when they're hitting lariat after lariat, Masawa's hitting form after form. It's like, well, you just kicked out of two roaring elbows. Why is he going for it again? Well, the first one, he got 2.5. The second one, he got 2.9. Maybe if I hit him with another clean one when he's almost out, you know, when he's on rubbery legs, then it's going to give me the three count. So I really like that psychology. That's basically the psychology Tanahashi went with here, which I absolutely love that. Yeah, I, 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 I thought the match was, was really good. So And then probably, maybe Tanahashi keeps it for a month, but then drops it back to Zack Sabre. And then I think that he may, he may have lost it this morning or tomorrow. Oh, oh maybe. Yeah, so, yeah, I didn't see the results, so there you go. So... If that happened, well, I don't know. <laughs> then then yeah, we had the so, main event, which I thought the main event was great. I thought it might. I think I texted you saying I think this maybe just because it was the last match I watched of the weekend, just because I watched it on uh, Saturday or Monday night. This might have been my favorite match of the weekend. I absolutely love this. They have they've, they've never had a bad match. Their probably best match was the it was after Tokyo Dome 11 where Suzuki came back it was New Beginning okay. like 40 some minutes where Tanaha or Suzuki had these crazy knee bars that he was putting Okada in Okada's selling was just it's Okada yeah. but I always thought that was their best match they had I think this match was better I think a lot of it had to do with the crowd was hotter the hits you know the psychology behind Suzuki striking and the fact that to- literally towards the end they started booing Okada yeah they really wanted think- Suzuki to win <laughs> 
it was like a 50-50 crowd and then like 90% into the match they were like 100% Suzuki and then once Okada hit the Rainmaker they're like ah, okay yeah we'll cheer yeah. <laughs> so then it went back, it went back to Okada yeah not that it was, it was bad but yeah they kind of really wanted Suzuki to win but we all kind of knew hey Suzuki's probably not going to win it so and this one this one went 33 minutes so this one was yeah. and they really they, they did both the slaps and stuff and they kept doing the uh, the forums to each other and like well, Suzuki put his hands behind his back let Okada do it and then Okada did it which got a big pop so it was a very good match I gave it I gave it 5 point, or 4.5 and Dave gave it the same so right I didn't quite give 5 but 4.5 Dave says 4.5 as well I, I probably was a 4.75 just you know maybe with the crowd yeah. just being into it and the fact that, that they, they literally like the last two minutes they were booing Okada and then like he gets the rainmaker and they cheer him again it's like man it just goes to show you that it's just like they, they he, those two guys can have it coming anytime that they want yeah and, and it's uh Whenever Suzuki would go for the the pile driver, the gosh pile driver again, visitor people go. Yeah, they had him for the whole, the whole, the whole match, and that that crowd was just super hot for the whole main event. So yeah, the whole show. Another just great show. All three of these shows that we're reviewing, I I don't know which. I, people ask me which one was the best show. I don't know. I, I I'm gonna pull pull a page off what see what we've been saying for 65 episodes and what CM Punk said on Saturday morning. Is you can watch it all and like it all. So I yeah. think every show was an A plus. Uh, every show three way tie. Yeah, what, what, really what a weekend! Shows. Yeah. Before we preview our review, of the biggest show of the week, the AEW Double or Nothing, we are do our top five okay. segment that you were the brainchild of, sir. As always, since it is your segment, who would you like to see go first? Uh, you go first. I will go first. Okay, give me your top five tag teams that were great tag teams but were great opponents for example oh, okay you can, even, you can even use it as uh, an example the mega powers they're a great tag team but they were also great when they wrestled each other oh geez yeah um I, I have to have to say that then the mega powers and then we'll go with oh geez uh oh wow this is a little tough uh i'm trying now i'm getting all tag teams that didn't wrestle each other uh do you want me to go first? Yeah, maybe maybe you go for first. Yeah, okay. I mean, the, I mean the, the Rockers kind of wrestled each other, but it wasn't so hot when they did. Okay. Uh, yeah, I will go with Sean and Marty. Okay. I will go with Kenta Marafuji. Oh, that's a good one. Kabashi Masawa. Oh. Because obviously they had a great feud, but they teamed up quite a bit in the World Tag Leagues and a feud with the whole Demon Army, so that's three. I'm going to go with Paul Heyman, who's obviously a genius when it came to tag parties that get along. So my last two will be ECW, Sabu and Van Dam, and Raven and Tommy Dreamer. Oh, okay. Wow. That, that's a good one, Sabu and Van Dam. And then maybe even you could say, well, I'll put it for my Sabu and Taz. They had them tagged up, and then they start the feud. Um, yeah. Let me think who else. So there you go. You have the Mega Powers, Sabu and Taz. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's kind of like I can think of two guys, but then their matches weren't so hot, like uh, Booker T and Stevie Ray. They broke them up, and uh, not, not so hot. Um, yeah, I was even thinking of putting the American Wolves in there, but and, and the Briscoes, but there's outside of like maybe like one matches, yeah. you know, one singles matches that wasn't as good as it got. And, and Justin Incredible and Lance Storm, I, don't, I think they broke them up, but the matches weren't so. And you probably want to go with Lance Storm and Chris Candido. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah that, I'll, I'll go with that one. And then, of course, Demolition, and then LOD didn't wrestle each other. Uh, We'll go with Sting and Lex Luger. They were tame champs. Oh, that's <laughs> they, a yeah. good one. That's a real good one. Yeah. And, uh, hmm. I'm trying to think like one when they, when they turned on. It's like, oh, wow. We got some good. Uh, let's see. Well, we'll say the Hardy Boys, Matt and Matt and Jeff. Okay. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yep. And finally, let me think here. I think you had five. I think I got five. Yeah. Okay. 
I was trying to think of some NWA, WCW ones, and I couldn't really think of anyone. Because, like, Arn and Tully never turned on each other, so... Midnight. Yeah, they never turned on each other. I mean, Rock and Roll never did. Uh, Legion of Doom, yeah, the Road Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Demolition didn't. Brett never wrestled uh, Nightheart, really. I guess you could say Owen and... Brett, sure. Yeah, Owen and Brett, yeah, I guess you could say that. That's a good one, though. It makes you think. Sure does. Alright, so your turn. Okay. Uh, mine's uh, comics. So Comic Con's coming. Give me five people, though, I guess top five people you would like to meet that go to New York Comic Con, but you have not met so far. Like, they could be comic creator, writer, or celebrity. Just someone that would be at Comic Con. Uh, can I say Downey? Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, you could say any any actor. I mean, obviously, you couldn't be like, I'd like to meet, you know, someone that has nothing to do with Comic Con. <laughs> I want to, yeah, let's see. You know, it's tough because I met up every comic book creator pretty much. Oh, uh, Jeff Johns. Oh, yeah, but that's so a we'll go Downey, Jeff Johns. Boy, it's tough because I met just about everybody I wanted to meet. Uh, Doug Mankey, which we, we, we okay, have a yeah. chance again. Uh, Jim Stylin, which I never met, which we have a good chance of getting at this. Yeah. And I will say uh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, okay, that's a good one, yeah. Wow. So the, I got one celebrity on my list, and that's Lucy Lawless, Zena. I'd like to meet her, and I don't think she'd be that expensive. I've never met Mark Wade, so he's on the list. Jeff oh, Johns is on the list. John Byrne is on the list, because I've never met him. And then finally, I almost did, but I didn't, George Perez. Yeah, that's a shame, because yeah. he's probably my number two all-time favorite comic. Yeah. Obviously, Stan being number one to Stan. But I, I don't think his exile will last forever. I, I see him doing something. Yeah, I don't think it's because of money. I think eventually you just want to get out there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, maybe let's take a break, you know, for a year or two, and he comes back and, hey, I'm going to do this con or something. Yeah. I don't know. All I, right, so let's get into the main event, the AEW show. This was a long show. The, pre, the pre-show the pre started at 7, and, this, and it went off the a uh, couple minutes before midnight. Yeah. So it was a five-hour show. So this was a long Yeah, a little show. too long, but it didn't, It never felt like it was dragging. But, I mean, if they would have got rid of, like, two or three matches, I, I would have been okay with it. So... We'll start with the opener. The, they, right from the get-go, they started with the casino battle. Actually, you know, I'm going to just real quick. On Friday, they had, I know you don't have normal cable on TNT. They had an hour preview show, so I was watching Yeah, that. I heard that was good. And uh, Amber came in maybe about 10 minutes in, and she knows, knows the majority of the wrestlers. She doesn't know who Tully Blanchard is. Obviously, I'm a huge, you know, Tully Blanchard performance fan. But even she said, she's like, whoever that old guy is, boy, he's really good in his pro- Almost, he's really good with his character, and I just that, that was literally when you think of the four horsemen, it's all you always think of these three people first. You go, Flair number one, Arn number two, Tully three, then whoever you want to put for the yeah. four. And you know, you can make an argument that Arn and Tully are the greatest tag team of all time. Uh, and so that's you know, I explained that his daughter is in wrestling. You know, I think she knows who Tessa Blanchard is just because you know, she's a she's a big name, even though she's mm-hmm. not on my TV screen that much. So going into that, just like she was very impressed by Tully Blanchard just on the, you know, she didn't see the mask. I think she was asleep, but just going on the vignettes and the way that everything that was, that, that was built up. And I think AEW did a really good job building up the Sean Spears, Cody thing with, with Tully Blanchard on their YouTube and yeah. their, uh, their preview show. Yeah. So. yeah. Everything I seen was, was really good build up and, 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 uh, Tully still knows how to, how to cut promos and he still knows how to work a little bit. So sure does. I hope, I hope the two of them are together. Me too. Forever. Me too, because I know we'll, we'll get there, but I'm like, wow, Tully, Tully's looking great at everything he's doing. Yeah. A casino battle royal, I'll say this about it. The people that were good look great, people that were okay look okay, and the people that were bad look awful. Yeah, uh, that's, was, uh, I mean, it's cool that they're giving 
some spots to some people. But it's like, eh, maybe they shouldn't have got those spots. I mean, Piper's Daughter, it was like her first or second match, I think. So you can't really say too much about it. Uh, Teal Piper. But I mean, it was cool to have her in there. And they gave her a little bit. She looked okay. Uh, it was cool to see ODP in there. I was like, whoa. And Jazz was in there. A bald Jazz. Awesome call. So, so when Jazz came out, I didn't get a chance to see it. So I'm sitting there. Jazz comes out. And I don't even make the... I look on now... Amber refers to Denai Gria, who plays Michonne in Walking Dead, and mm-hmm. obviously she's Chief Ikoye from uh, Black Panther in the Avengers, the last two Avengers movies. So she refers to her as Michonne. Right? Okay. So I look over to her when Jazz comes out, and I didn't get to check. She cuts it right off and said, Boy, it's just like Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> But yeah, I missed the first like five minutes of this because we were trying to. This the pay per view was kind of hard to order. They need to get some better way of ordering rather than to be our live app. So I mean, maybe you can order on pay, proper pay per view. My friend didn't have a cable, but it, it was very hard to order. Which that's not good. You want your pay per view? Go here, click here to buy. Yes, here it is. Here's how you watch it. So, but anyway, this uh, I, I caught it from I forget. I think when Emma came out, which was weird because she signed the Impact. Supposedly, they have, they're trying to get a working agreement. Oh, well, hey, why not? Where, where she can do where she can do both. That's what she wants to do. Yeah, so. I mean, she's a big star, so we'll Tennille Dashwood. And then uh, Will Ospreay's girlfriend, B. Priestley, who I believe signed with AEW. I'm not sure. I believe so. Now, if you think, obviously, the biggest thing coming out of this is Nyla Rose wins the yeah. Battle Royale, which and I know that you're you're friends with and yeah. you picked her, so good on, good on you and good on her. And 10 and eliminations, too, which is crazy. But the B story here is they already have a built-in feud with Rick Baker and Bea Priestley. I'm like, that, I thought that was really smart book. Yeah. And then they had that thing where, what was it, with Sadie Gibbs and, uh, was it Bea Priestley or something where they got into it and then, like, uh, she goes for the ultimate press in the one part and she, like, just drops her and she pops right back up and, like, now, I guess they just stiffed each other or something. And they, apparently they got in a fight backstage. I think it was, uh, I know it was definitely Sadie Gibbs and I think Bea Priestley. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then I guess it got settled, but anyway kind of no sold the ultimate press there i thought Sadie gibbs looked pretty good in there there's a couple people i just didn't know at all like uh her name is faby apache she came out first with like with uh Ny- nyla basically eliminated priscilla kelly was in for a little bit which she had the controversial thing with the with the tampon spot a while back so there's some people i didn't know at all but i thought it was it was, it was all right for i i text you and somebody was big swole or something yeah she I, came I, in throwing blows and i text you and i'm like i don't know who this person is but it's like she's throwing strikes and like the way she's thrown them and her footwork and where she's at in the ring i was really impressed by it. like the little stuff she did she probably only got like 45 50 seconds in the ring but boy the words of jim ross she maximized her minutes yeah she was minute because, she was, yeah, was in and out and i didn't even get to see her and I'm like, wikipedia like she must be unknown because they don't even have a you can't even click on her for wikipedia so i never even heard her before but me like, either the, like the she was in there. I was really impressed by what she did. Well, that's good. I mean, hey, maximize the time. So I just typed in Big Swole, and I get some uh, big black guy. So that's definitely not. That, no, that was not her. No. Yeah, I would assume <laughs> that's not her. Unless I female wrestler. Here we go. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not the only one to search for that. Okay, I see her now. I I, I don't know her. She has a cool look. She has like a green mohawk. And her yeah. name is, Apparently, her name is Ariel Monroe. Hmm. Yeah, Big Swole. She, she has a really cool look, though. So. But that was good stuff. Yeah, now the Rose wins the Casino Battle Royal right off the get-go. Mm-hmm. You know, it came down to me and you. I had for Baker, you and Nyla Rose. And right off the get-go, Andy Hedder pick, picking up points there. Yeah, about so. that. And Dave Meltzer gave that one 2.25. Yeah, that sounds about right. Private yeah. Party versus Angelico and Jack Evans. And I know very little about Private Party. Me too. Come in. I like their, their look. I like that they're, where they're announced from. They're announced from, you need an invitation to whoever they're from. <laughs> and they weigh in at something like 110. 
liquid ounces of cranberry vodka. I'm like, I thought that was funny. Yeah, that's funny. I, those guys need to get into the gym because I'm like, okay, well, they're, you know, they, they don't look really in shape, even though they kind of have a cool look. So about two or three minutes in, I was like, I don't get what's with these guys. And then Jack Evans takes all their stuff, and so does Angelico, and I think they did a great job with the booking here. If they wanted a private party over, they had the right two guys mm-hmm. for them to make them look good. Because there was towards the end of this match, I was like literally out of my seat by like the stuff that the private party. They were doing some do. crazy stuff. Kind of didn't really mash up at points. Like certain things looked a little off. But I mean, private party. This is their first time on a on a big. I guess it's probably the biggest show they have ever done. But uh, sure. I think everyone in this gear or everyone in this uh, match needs new gear. Private party, like the guy looked cool with the coat, but he should have took it off. He wrestled with like the coat thing on, and the guy with the blonde hair. I don't know. Which one is which with their names? Uh, he he was better than the other guy, but the other guy looked like he was wearing jogging pants. But their their finisher is awesome—the Frankenstein off the top into the diamond cutter. That's awesome. They call it gin and juice. Yeah, gin and juice, which is a really cool thing. And then Angelico and Jack Evans, like Angelico, definitely needs more ge- uh, different gear because he looks terrible. And the bright- going dirt biking. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's why I said to my friends. They look like a dirt bike guy, and it's so bright, and it's just like. He needs to get like the, with all the agents and stuff. Pull them aside, get them new gear, and get a uh, dark order new gear and possibly new gimmick as well. But we'll get there. But this match was pretty yeah. good, I thought, and I thought that finish is yeah. awesome. Yeah, the last like two or three minutes was really, really good. Private parties are going to be big stars. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Angelico and Jack Evans. So and, and then uh, they turn on him. Then at the end they shake hands, but then uh, Angelico and Jack Evans turn heel and beat a private party. Oh, I missed that. I think I went to get a drink. Or oh, yeah. They, they, you know how they, they all face the camera, and then Angelico yeah. and Jack Evans are behind, and they turn on, and, you know, boo. And, they, and they, the crowd chanted party poopers at him. Which is oh, that's cool. funny. Yeah. Andy Hedder picks up the points of this one, so you're up 2 nothing before we get into the main show. What go. was the uh, Meltzer rating on that? 3.5, so they really like that. That's about right. So yeah, then we start, start the show on proper, and I know we didn't get any points for this, but we said, what's going to start the show? To me, they got to start with something hot. We start with SCU. Uh, versus uh, Jungle Boy yeah. and the uh, Jurassic Luchasaurus. Express and Marco Stun. Yeah, I thought this was a great match, and it, I mean another example win by losing. Yeah, I literally, I literally just circled um, about twenty minutes before we started this podcast. I forgot to circle who won, and I circled that the uh, the Jungle Express one. I'm like, no wait, nobody did an SCU one, so I had to scratch it off just because they looked so good, and especially Luchasaurus was so over. That I forgot they won, but me and you both picked up the points with the SCU winning with the double belt best melter ever. Yeah, no. yeah, everybody looked great in this match. That's why I thought. I thought you know this reminded me of a awesome opening ECW pay per view match. Yes, like where yes, everyone's just definitely. going crazy, doing cool stuff, and it made sense. And I, I really enjoyed this uh, match. And if Luchastora, sorry, so there's no plans for him. There definitely is now because he was super over, probably the most over in the match. I mean, nothing against Joe Boy Marco Stunt, but. I mean, Lucha Stars, there's a, a main event star in the making right there, if there ever was one. But the match was very good. Yep, what was the rating on that uh, one, The sir? match, let me go right off to it here. Uh, he gave that one four, even. Which Ooh, I, I would give probably three and a half, three point seven five. I mean, he can argue a little bit, yeah, yeah I probably, probably would have been a little bit lower, but yeah, four, can't argue with it. Yeah, it's, not, it's his rating system. Yeah. He gets paid to review this, not us, not yet. Was next the uh, the hardcore match? The no, next was the, the surprise. It was that early. It was uh, Pac versus Kenny Omega. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah I remember I texted you and I was like, this is on next. And then you texted me back, like, what can they possibly put on next? I thought this was great. And the surprise finish. Yeah, when he has, he calls it the brutalizer. It's kind of like he goes for the crucifix, but then locks in the head and then uh, chokes you out with it. Which was like, I, I, I seen it like, whoa, that's the finish. It got, it got everyone that I was watching with too. Like, that's it? That's how you got it? I thought the match was very good. Dave Meltzer gave it 4.25. They kind of had Kenny where he's like, 
he's just he doesn't uh, maybe take Pac seriously in the beginning of it so he's like uh, kind of goofing off and even uh, Jim Ross and Excalibur said that so maybe they're having Kenny where it's like he just thinks he's too good or something but very good match I thought and then the surprise finish out of nowhere there yeah I think from what I understand is they thought they were going to have 25 minutes and they only gave him 20 so they told him to go home but they oh, okay. rushed to finish I think that they said there was some there was miscommunication where they said no I thought we had this time and they're like no we had you only have this time so I think that's what happens like when they told them to go home and they had three or four minutes worth of stuff and they had to go home in like 90 seconds oh so okay well you, you can kind of see where the finish was rushed because they really didn't tease like anything of like Pac going off the top rope like anything really really big for like a finish or I think they only did like one tease of the one wing angel which you know Kenny really does a good job building that up so. yeah definitely and then uh, I know Pac went for the, the red arrow which is now called the black arrow I guess because he's the bastard Pac so uh, makes sense yeah but uh, I didn't like how I texted you too I was like either call him Pac or call him Pac but don't call him both <laughs> you know even though it's, it's Pac but apparently Jim Ross said on his podcast this week with Conrad that he talked to Pac, and it is Pac, and he will call him Pac from now on. <laughs> and then I, I, they also kept calling Jungle Boy, Jungle... Hey, Jungle uh, Jack. Jungle yeah. Jack Perry. And then the, the next Excalibur kept trying to talk over him and be like, Lucha, our uh, Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy. I was like, well... <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's his real name, but come on. And I keep calling him Jungle Jack. Like, eh. Maybe he'll be Jungle Jack, but come on. They'll, they'll blow it so far. But yeah, this match was very good. Probably, if not the best match of the show, the second best. Then we'll get there. Hey, I think it was the second best match of the show. Okay, so it was next in the three-way. Yes, the, the, the Cracker Barrel Invitational, that was called? Let me find out here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the Cracker Barrel Old Country Store Invitational. So, three-way hardcore match. I thought it was, was a fun match for what it was. It was hardcore, but it wasn't nothing too graphic. I mean, they weren't, like, slicing each other up with barbed wire and stuff. But I enjoyed it. I, I was surprised Jimmy Havoc won, because I think what I picked Joey Janela. Yeah, you picked Joey Janela, and I picked, uh, I picked uh, Havoc. So I got that one right. Yeah, and I like how Joey did the spot where he's the in the chair in the corner. He does the monkey flip and then lands on the chair and sits there. I thought that was really cool. And then the spot Darby out with the skateboard, with the thumbtacks off the top, and then uh, when they use the biscuits for uh, the Cracker Barrel. So what a great uh, commercial for Cracker Barrel during this. Yeah, you know a lot of reviews that I listen to, they're like, you know, when they're showing Cracker Barrel showing this match, the executives like, are they loving it because it's like it got like so over, like in such a great reaction, or just like. Wow, really? This is what we sponsored? <laughs> yeah, they're like, this is it. But, uh, hey, hey, the crowd liked it. it was, I'm not a big hardcore guy, but I thought this was fine. It was enjoyable. But, uh, yeah. Jimmy Havoc with the acid rainmaker, I'm like, huh, eh, that's Okada's move. <laughs> but, hey, whatever. Yeah, they did, the, they did obviously some crazy stuff here. They did the one spot where they put the thumbtacks in Havoc's mouth and then taped it and then, like, super kicked it. Like, yeah, that, that was, like, stuff. right off the bat, too. Yeah, I, it's, to me this was, I can understand this was like a feud, but like for hardcore, just for the sake of hardcore, I was like, ah, you know what I mean? They're yeah. going on these guys absolutely obliterate each other, and the crowd liked it, so what did, uh, what did Meltzer give it? He gave it four. Wow, <laughs> they, they really liked it. I don't know if I would have given it four stars. I mean, I would give it three. Maybe three and a half, I yeah. would have gave it. So then we go to uh, the women's match, right? Uh, no, the Dark Order versus the Best Friends. That was uh, nice. I don't think or maybe uh, that's what Wikipedia has. No, 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 you're right. I don't think I have this on here for our uh, for our review. But uh, really, wow. Yeah, this is this is a pretty good match. I thought it was pretty good too. Uh, it's still the Dark Order. It's 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 not working, and uh, they need something. They need a, a new look or something. I mean, they're they're really good in the ring, 
but I don't know. They just even one looks terrible. I think I, even if for a fat guy, just the gear and and they need to get rid of the creepers too. I didn't, I didn't like that either. The match was pretty good, and especially at the end, they they hit with the the finisher, the fatality, which is like a powerbomb block, blockbuster. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Which, which that is pretty cool. So, match was good, but I don't know. Dave did not like it as much. He says 2.75. I thought it was good, but maybe it was in a in a lull spot here for the pay per view right in the middle. And then well, at I was gonna say that at the, the end the uh, the lights go out after well after the the, the creepers or whatever carrying Trent Brett away and the lights go out and then come back on and Orange Cassidy's in the ring <laughs> which is kind of the, this is an official yeah. debut I would say and then he does a uh, his uh, suicide dive with his hands in his pocket to the creepers comes back in and now the best friends are a trio yes so that's pretty cool Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor were the gentlemen's club and evolved oh that's right yeah. Yeah, your podcast partner holds a tag victory over that. Oh, wow. How about that? There you go. Oh, how about that? How about that? Obviously, we've known Orange Cassidy a long time. I'm mm-hmm. super, super happy for him. Yeah, so. that's great. He was he did a lot of true shows, too, which probably won't be a true anymore. Maybe one more. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome that he got signed now with the best friends, too. It makes sense. Yeah. And I think his spot was the most over of this match. Yeah, definitely. So good for him. Good for him. Okay, now do we go to the women's? Match? Yeah, Riho versus Hakarashita for the. And then I the winner really, of this. I text you. I text you. I really enjoyed this match just because it was different. Because all their falsies were flash pins. Yeah. It was all flash pin after flash pin. I mean, there was a lot of two counts in this. It was all flash pin. But I know a lot of people didn't care for it. But I was like, if you're watching this as a, you know, if you're just watching this as a singles match, like just you know, out of you know, you're just you never you're not watching the show. You're just watching this. Like the match was just okay, but after everything that you have seen and everything that you're going to see, this match stood out. It was completely different because of all the flash faults. Yeah, I, I liked it. I kind of, I think, in a, in a dead spot in pay right in the middle, you know. So it's kind of hard spot to be in, but I, I, I liked the match. It was good, and I, I, I picked Harder Sheeta to win, but they have Rio. But Kenny's real big on Rio because they're doing the tag. Tag match in uh, DDT, and I seen something today. Someone shared on Facebook where Riho wrestled S- Suzuki when she was 12 years old. I saw that. <laughs> Which yeah. I want. I want to watch that match. <laughs> I don't think it'd be as good as the Okada one, but I could. No, yeah, I'm gonna say no, but I'd like. I'd like to watch that <laughs> just to yeah. just to see. But you know, hey, how about Riho wrestling since she was 12, and then you're going against what? Suzuki? That's that gotta be scary when you're 12. That's scary when you're Skip, 42. Get it, get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, Riho wins, and then she goes to face Nyla Rose, so they kind of have the little... Because they said Riho weighs 98 pounds, so they have, like, the David versus Goliath. Nyla being the monster, Riho being the uh, the underdog. So it should be pretty good. That's the first uh, AEW on TNT show. So right, we'll watch yeah. that right before we go to the con. Absolutely. Yeah, we got some, we got some good wrestling going on that week. So what was the uh, uh, Meltzer rating on that okay, one? Okay, uh, let me click here. Three. Three even. It's about what I gave up. I yeah, three and a quarter. I, I'd agree with that, yeah. Now we start ramping up Cody and Sean Spears. Mm-hmm. The Cody with MJF. He this we picked to be his uh, manager slash uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, well, second. He's allowed. Well, it was a good thing I watched that preview show because as he, I think Amber fell asleep right when he's back from starting. As he's coming down the ring, it's Farrell, Brandy, DDP, and MJF. And she, even she goes, well, didn't they contract that they signed that you can only come down with one person? So yeah, because Huck is coming down for so he's going to have to choose. She goes, who would you choose? I'm like, oh, DDP. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. Gotta choose DDP, I said, but they're going to choose MJF because he's the one that's paying them. So now I'm like, oh, MJF is going to turn. I said, so he's going to go with Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard because MJF is just such such a heel. Did you see the meet and greets that he was doing at Starcast? Yeah. He was, where, where, yeah, I guess he met somebody in a wheelchair, and he goes, I guess the guy in the wheelchair goes, how are you doing? 
and he goes, I'm doing better than you because I can do this. He, he stood up. He stood up. You, you, you can't. And I was like, oh. Such a heel man. move. But, like, if, if somebody was like, oh, that's offensive. Like, if you're in MJF's line, you kind of know what you're going to get. And plus, they yeah. did a, they did a thing where like he was charging some astronomical like one hundred and fifty dollars to meet him, but then when you get up there, you find out it's not one hundred and fifty dollars. So, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the new Tom Middleton. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, you're up here. It's it's, it's not three hundred. <laughs> no. He is the master of mischief, right? Yeah. Okay. So that would that. Well, can you imagine you up there and be like, hey, here's two hundred dollars back? <gasps> wow, thank you. But uh, yeah. So that's why MJF, and apparently MJF is hurt, so that's why he's not wrestling. Oh, okay. I was wondering. So everyone expected him to turn. Obviously, he didn't turn. And I think he obviously, you know, Cody gets the win. He's going to get the title shot the next pay per view. So that's going to. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but they announced yesterday that the November pay per view in Baltimore. Oh, yeah, full gear. Co- yeah, Cody and Jericho. Yeah, so for the that's belt. That's when going to do the turn because that's when the heat's going to be, be the biggest. Yeah, so. and that's how keep Cody from winning the belt, too. Probably right when he yeah. goes to win and then MJF hits him with the chair. Because they had that thing where MJF took the chair and then he's like holding it and he's looking at it, looking at Cody, but he doesn't do anything. But uh, Tully Blanchard looked great in this match. One of the first things, Cody does the dive right into Sean Spears. Then he goes over and he punches Tully, and Tully bumps. <laughs> i tell you what, maybe just because I'm a huge Tully Blanchard fan, Sean Spears looked great, Cody looked great. The MVP of this match to me is Tully Blanchard. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was doing all kinds of stuff when he took his belt off and gave it to him. And he was that doing... Was a, that was a great, great old school yeah. spot where he takes the... They, Sean Spears takes the weightlifting belt off. And you see Tully getting up. He sees he's undoing his pants, right? Yeah. Where he's taking his belt off. And then the, Earl Hebner takes the weightlifting belt off. And then he give, Tully gives him the... Uh, his regular belt. belt. Yeah. <laughs> he beats him with that's that. Just, that's so... And, like, it's not only like what he did, it's how he did it. It's like the timing. It's like the way he like took his time getting up the steps as he was undoing the belt. He's looking at the crowd, like making sure he's getting the right heat. It was all the small stuff that was just so good. And Arn Anderson comes out. And Arn was looking, you know, a little bit heavy. There, yeah. But even his spot was great. Yeah, and he gave him the hit him with the spine bust. The spine bust looked great. And I know, uh, I think it was on Jericho's podcast. I don't know if you listen to that where he's talking it all out. He was like, hey, Arn, uh, had a little trouble getting the ring there. He's like, yeah, what do you want me to do? I'm fat. Yeah, <laughs> so. I did do that one. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, this match was good. Yeah, Tully was well, maybe like the the low key MVP of it because you're like, wow, Tully's looking great. Like everything he did, and Tully's in his 60s, it has to be, right? Yeah, but he hasn't been on TV. Maybe a shot here and there, but nothing like this. And I don't know, 10, 12 years? Maybe, yeah. Maybe longer. And I say, man, I hope I, give I him a job. That. Have him be uh, his manager and have him to, uh, help with the matches backstage, producer or whatever, because he still yeah. has it. I mean, maybe he can't wrestle full match, but. Maybe he can. No, I don't want. I don't want him to. I mean, yeah. maybe if they do a tag. Yeah, and they maybe. tag him in. Yeah, real quick. But maybe if they do like a maybe as a manager. Yeah, you couldn't ask like for a better manager. Like maybe if MJF turns and goes with them, and it's like a, it's like Cody, Dustin, and Kenny. I don't know. I'm throwing it out there. Or Hangman versus like MJF, Tully, and, yeah, and uh, Sean Spears. Yeah, that, yeah, I could see definitely see that. Yeah, but the ma- I thought I, think I enjoyed match the match. Yeah. Match was fun. Cody's obviously crazy over, especially oh, with this yeah. crowd. So it, it makes sense to give him the title shot. And especially if you don't give it to him, he's still away from him because MJF, the crowd would just eat that up and just totally be all down on MJF when he turns heel. So Dave Meltzer gave it four even. I, I think yeah. I might agree. Yeah, I thought it was probably about in the high threes, but with the crowd's reaction, uh, I think we'd bump up to four. So yeah, I agree. So and then we got the, we we were dead set on Kenny Omega and Chansky's winning, and they didn't. So yeah, how about that? Yeah, they swerved us. Wrong on that one. Cody the disaster kick, and then the crossroads for the finish. So it's like I wonder what they're gonna do with Chansky's now because you kind of 
He had all this interference, and then he takes Cody's two big finishes back to back. So it's like, I wonder what they're going to do with Sean Spears for here. But unless he um, costs Cody the title, well, he, him, and MJF costs Cody the title, maybe. We'll find out. We'll find out. Which would lead to a tag match uh, eventually: Sean Spears and MJF versus Cody and Dustin. So maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. But that was fun, and then we get into the co-main event. I know you said you're kind of sick of the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. I disagree with you. And I also say this, when I do my own star ratings for whatever it's worth, if it's a gimmick match, like a uh, um, like a table match or a cage match or a ladder match, I usually don't give five stars just mm-hmm. because it's like you're using you're using a gimmick to help you get to get with the match. But I will say this, if there was ever a five star ladder match, this definitely yeah, was one. This was this insane. Was <laughs> I mean. This was one of the best ladder matches I've ever seen. This was absolutely insane. The timing of everything was great. The spots were great. I mean, there was some insane, insane stuff that they did in this match. I mean, there was a Canadian Destroyer off a ladder through a table. Yeah, and then Nick took that crazy bump when he fell off the ladder to the outside through a table. It looked like he tried to maybe hit the rope to do a flip, but did it. And then his land, I think he cut his hand on the way down. And then yeah, and then one of the cool spots was when they were... Oh, go ahead. That looked like he was going to go, because I think there was two tables set up, and he only ate one, right? Yeah, so I guess he maybe wanted to hit the ropes and then maybe like do a front flip and get both of them, but he kind of missed and hit the one and it looked a little rough. But he's okay because they were doing interviews after. So, but I mean, for all the stuff they went through, there's a bunch of crazy stuff in it, in this match. And I like when uh, it was uh, Pentagon and Matt Jackson on top of the ladder and he rips Pentagon's mask off. It's like, oh! So that, that was a cool way. That. Yeah. But it was an insane match. Meltzer really liked it and the shocker. And he gave 5.25. So he broke the five-star rating for this one. You know, I remember reading something uh, after WrestleMania 10, after Sean and Razor had a later match, ladder match, that Gorilla Monsoon was in the back in the grill position, obviously, because mm-hmm. that was his job at the time. They are at the garden. And he pulled Sean and Razor aside and he goes, Look, he goes, I usually don't like giving matches. I don't like anything. He's like, You know, cage matches, I understand. They had this ladder match. So I stopped at the idea. He goes, I will say this. Not only did I love that match, he goes, That might have been the greatest match I've ever seen. Wow. So, I mean, you talk about the greatest ladder matches of all time, and I know Melter said, I think he said that this was the greatest ladder match I've ever seen. I gotta put this one with the Shauna Razor one, and then the second TLC, uh, our, the, the second triangle ladder match, the one WrestleMania 7, okay, yeah. the Hardys, Dudley's, and Edge and Christian. And then, you know, because I'm thinking about great ladder matches. The Briscoes versus... Uh, the Briscoes versus the Bucks yep. versus SCU, uh, which was the Bucks, I think, last match. Yeah, Norwich from Final Battle last year. That's up there as well, but this, I, this, this was great. This was tremendous. Yeah, it was a... Insane match, just totally insane. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, uh, the, the Lucha Brothers win. They get the, the AAA titles down. They get down, and then lights go off, and LAX attacks them, which they yeah. can't be LAX anymore. And I've never actually seen this LAX. The one I'm familiar with is Hernandez and uh, Homicide, and then Machete, who was added for a little bit, who sucked. But uh, yeah, I forget what, what uh, was a Santez. San Santana Ortiz. Yeah, you will absolutely love these guys. I've seen them in a whole bunch in PWG. I think they might have had a three-way in PWG, these three teams, really? before. Oh, wow. Uh, from about a year or so ago. I mean, you may even have the DVD, because I know I let you borrow yeah, a lot of Yeah, i to check, because I was going to watch stuff. one today, actually. It, yeah, it might be on there, but you will... And then, obviously, I watch a lot of these guys at Impact. Yeah, you, you'll... These guys are going to fit right in, right... Not only fit right in, but these guys... I mean, obviously, they're looks, looks like they're feuding with the top two tag teams as well as they should. Yeah. Uh, yeah, these guys These guys may even become the first tag team champions. I have no problem with it. These guys are stars and they're fantastic in the ring. I just wonder how, not not less, I mean, I wonder if they're going to bring Conan in to be the mouthpiece because that's what they did on oh, yeah. Impact. And Conan's a great talker. Because so, I know they have that working deal with AAA. And Conan's and Conan, with them. 
Yeah, he's either the booker or owner or something, but at the same time, I think he's got a contract with Impact, so I wonder how that's going to work. So. Yeah, unless they, they work out a deal. But uh, it's pretty cool to see them. They came out there, they're fully covered, and one had a JFK mask, and one had a Bill Clinton mask. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of cool. I'm like, that's the dead presidents. Even though they're not dead. Well, one of us. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, if it's the Briscoes, I'm going to lose my mind. So it was LAX. So I, was, I was a little disappointed, but I kind of knew it was LAX. So. And the Briscoes are signed to ROH, so maybe, maybe we'll get them eventually, but not right now. Yeah, no, you, you'll you'll thoroughly enjoy LAX once things get rolling. But speaking of rolling, we get to this main event. We did a great job building it up. I know a lot of people were saying that the ladder match should have went on last, because to me that was the best match of the show. But it's like, first of all, that heavyweight t- and I have, Ring of Honor just great has done a great job of putting the tag title match over the main event when you have tag teams that are stars and mm-hmm. your tag match that you know it's going to blow away the main event, which to me. This did. Jericho Page was great, but when you're crowning your first ever champion, yeah, it has company, to go last. You had to, you have to go on last. So I had absolutely zero problem with this match going on last. But I thought the match was excellent. Yeah, I thought the match was very good. I liked it. I thought Jericho looked uh, really good. Maybe not, you know, he said, oh, Jericho's fat. He's not in the shape he was, but who is when they're 48? So, uh, but I thought he moved really good. So I, I really liked the match. And Hangman came out on his horse, which he really wanted to do. And uh, they kind of, the one spot that I didn't care too much for but maybe they had that the, what's her name Aubrey something the ref ref when uh, Hangman goes for the discus elbow to bust open Jericho like the ref blatantly hands Jericho the blade so it's like oh geez but I mean other than that yeah, I, I really liked it Dave Meltzer gave this one four and of course Jericho wins with the Judas effect out of nowhere to win the title and be the first ever AEW one champion yeah this is the way he's built that Judas he's only hit it well, it's more than twice in matches he hit it with an Okada after the match yeah but- the way you hit him, Kenny was out of nowhere, and I thought that this was great out of nowhere coming out of the backslide. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So I, yeah, I liked it. Really it was really good stuff. Yeah. I liked uh, Hangman went for the shooting star press on the outside, and he ate a cold break record. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of good stuff in this. Hangman actually hit Jericho with the, uh, it was the right of passes, now it's the dead eye or dead shot. And uh, Jericho kicked out of that, which I was like, whoa. So. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Buckshot Larry, it's the way that they built those up. And now Jericho, it looked like when they when I went back and saw the replay, it looked like Jericho got busted open hard way because when he went for the roaring form, he can't. He looked like he got hit with a fist. Okay. But uh, but then they said there was a lot of people that saw Jericho uh, blading and then giving it to passing it to the ref. Yeah, well, there, yeah. There's so. that one when 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 Hangman hits that discus elbow and then the Jericho goes down and he like lands and then the ref quick like whoop, gets it to yeah. him. It's like oh geez, maybe he could have just exactly. put it down, but now. Oh, well. Yeah, full disclosure, I was kind of half conked out in this match just because it was just so oh, so, Yeah, this, this probably started at 11 yeah. o'clock at night. So, I mean, I have to try to find a record and rewatch it, but like I said, I was kind of in and out, but I did, I, from what I saw, I did like it. I mean, the clips that I saw, I was able to kind of piece everything together. But yeah, that this was excellent, and then, of course, it leads to the most over thing from AEW right now is the <laughs> Jericho's post-match that wasn't even on the paper. Yeah, and which we have. Before we get into that, I, I thought it was brilliant because, okay, as soon as the match is over, it's like, okay, the heel goes over. All right, what's going to happen with Punk? He gets the belt, puts his arms up, and Jericho leaves. He goes right up right up to the the, the, uh, the stairway there. And then I don't know if you, you heard it from when you were watching, but the, you hear the cameraman going, okay, we're off the air in five, four, three, two, one, and then it cuts. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. yeah. I, I thought, yeah, I thought it was smart for Jericho to get out of the ring because everybody, because then I think people would have been like, okay, Punk's coming. Punk's yeah, coming. So yeah, like, they would have yeah. expected something. Or they would have said, who's going to challenge? So, yeah. It was, it was, and then we, they had that awesome shot where Jericho's at the top of the ramp holding the belt up, looking at the camera. So, And then, and then he goes backstage, he cuts his uh, impromptu promo, gets over his new line that's going to make him a lot of money. Ooh, a little bit of the bubbly. So, 
<laughs> and just insulting everybody. What do you? What do you look at you and your stupid hair? And that was uh, Brian Pillman Jr. <laughs> and then Scorpio Sky, you're never getting a title shot. Lebron, you gonna shoot me? Up yours. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, and then he did. Uh, so you see, yelling at the box, he's like, "Where's my thank you?" And then he said, "You guys, paramedics, where you guys?" And I was bleeding to death and something like yeah. that. And that. That was great. And it made sense with the Bucks too, because that's the main event of the first show: Bucks and Kenny versus Jericho and mystery opponents. Yeah, which do you think it's gonna be LAX? I don't know. Do you think you you, you use them even though they kind of the debut, or do you just put two other people there? I don't. I don't know. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna start these guys off hot, which I mean, you have the match that stole the show, maybe even stole the weekend. Because they didn't. You guys had you guys had these guys kind of ruin their party. Yeah, I mean, tomorrow. maybe I I don't know. Would that be a letdown a little bit? Because everyone's like, oh, who's gonna be the mystery people? I I don't know. But then who do you who do you really get? Let's say it's not LAX. Who would you get? I mean. You, the Briscoes are still on a contract, so you can't get them. It's like, it doesn't even have to be a tag team. got to be two guys maybe from New Japan. I don't know. I don't think LAX is a letdown expression. Now, is that, that's going to be on the first show? Yeah, that's the main event of the first show. Um, but it's all over the women's match. I, th- I, th- I think so, yes. That'll be, I mean, that's in the first show. It's definitely going to be the best match. But, I mean, if it's LAX, you're not going to be disappointed with that match partner, I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm saying, do you think the the, the fans overall will be the, not so much with the match, but with the with the LAX being this mystery guest or surprise? Do, now, now here's another, here's like I'm gonna answer your question with a question. Do they unveil the mystery opponent, mystery partners? Oh, of course. But do they do they do it that day? Like before, as Jericho's mm. coming down, they do it like next week, the week after, the week before. I I would I would think they do it where Jericho comes out and he says, "Get a load of this," and then then out comes whoever. And what if Jericho's partner is a scarf and the bubbly? Yeah, there we go. A giant bottle of champagne and and, and a list. <laughs> yeah. What, what, if, what if this would be awesome if they could do it? His partner or Kevin Steen and El Generico. Oh, <laughs> how awesome would that be? It could be the Briscoes, even though I don't know how long they're under contract for, but I mean, money talks. If they say, hey, you know, here's the deal. We'll give you this. We'll give you that. We'll give you TV rights to TNT or we'll give you... You know, put you on. Yeah, we'll promote ROH for a while or whatever. Yeah, so you you never know. I mean, New Japan and All Japan and Noah were able to do it for years and years and years. So it's just yeah, you know, matter, who matter knows? Who do what? So yeah, it should be interesting. So all in all, though, all three shows, like I said, all were great. If you had to pick one match as your favorite from the whole, the whole from those three shows, what would you pick? Uh, probably Okada versus Suzuki. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a straight up match. Yeah. Yeah, but I like both of them, and it just I thought that was really good. I mean, there was there was a bunch of good matches all weekend, so it was cool that we got three really good shows in one weekend. Yes, sir. And then, like I said, we have destruction again. I think there was a show. Yes, I know they were promoting the one main event was it was the road to destruction. So it was our new favorite tag team was Suzuki and Zack Saber versus Tanahashi and was it Takuchi? No, it was Tanahashi and Okada was the dream team, wasn't it? No, because I think they were doing with Okada in a six man, and then I think the other match was something where they had where they were building Jay White uh, and, Let me oh, see. and 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 Naito. But they may have the show may have been this morning where they had the yeah. Well, it was Tanahashi and Taguchi. I, I'm bringing okay. up now. And then uh, oh, there's some some cool stuff that happened afterwards here. <laughs> they had the picture. What was yeah? When's the do you have when the show is with Naito and Jay White? Uh no. So we find that out. For some reason, I want to say it's either today or tomorrow. I could be wrong. It, it looks like it wasn't today. It looks like there was a tag match with uh, Naito. Yeah, that tag match. Yeah, with Jay, it looks like Naito and Evil versus Chase Owens and Jay White. So let's go to the schedule here. 
And Road to Destruction, Wednesday, September 4th. Okay, so there we go. Let's tell the fans that house shows. Here's Tuesday the 10th. So let's click on that one. I'm going to go right to the main event. And no, that one's the main event for that one is Rock Romero, Goto, and Okada vs. Evil, Shingo, and Sonata. Okay, so that's not it. Let's see, it's Wednesday here. Road to. I think that it's a. Well, okay, it's a destruction proper, so. Okay, destruction in Beppu. That's sun, next Sunday, the 15th. And that one is Tanahashi vs. Zack Sabre, so that's probably when Zack Sabre wins the belt back. Yeah, destruction in Kagoshima. Um. Kurobushi vs. Kenta is the main event of that one for the never title. That should be a good one. Okay, so here's next. Oh, so this is Wednesday, September 18th. Oh, wait, hold on. Is that it? Jeez, let me find it here. And that one, nope, that was not it either. Let me go to the last one, Destruction Cobra. Here we go. So this is Sunday, September 22nd. And I believe this one's the one. That one's Naito vs. Jay White. So September 22nd, that one depends against Jay White. Then you got, oh, so we have, we have we have time, so it's not today. Yeah, yeah. And then you got Goto versus Shingo in the in the, net, in the special singles match. That should be good. We'll take that. Yeah. All right, partner. Let's uh let's get ready to wrap this up. This one up. Yeah, so definitely. Well, I'll go. You want to find me Facebook and or Instagram? Just search my name, Andy Header, and also look up uh, their podcast I'm part of, Tornado Tag Podcast, and Not Cool in High School Podcast. And it's also on YouTube too. So, hey, you know, we put the shows on there. I know but they're audio first, and they video later so that's about it for me there's no shows coming except for the ones next week so go ahead all right plug away if you guys want to get a hold of me obviously if you guys are looking to uh, pump up a nutrition five percent nutrition type of m turner save yourself some money on the back end or the front end i should say you guys want the middle end yeah on the twitter and on the instagram uh matt underscore turner of obviously this is going to be the surprise that i'm leaving here in about 15 20 minutes for you'll see in about five six hours so i'm sure probably all the pictures will be posted of that so Something really cool, something really fun. Um, seeing some old buddies uh, in a few hours here. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously, I won't be talking about that next week. So, yeah. always, guys, let us, let us know what you guys think of the podcast. What you liked, what you didn't like, what you liked from this uh, this past weekend. Let us know what your top matches were. And if there's any hidden gems from this past weekend that, that we missed. But as always, uh, for episode 65, I'm Matt Turner, and he's Andy Hatter, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time.